This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains spoilers from Manacled with brief mentions of Akamath and Queen of Shadows. For full list of content and trigger warnings, please see show notes. And welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing Manacled by Sin Lan Yu. And we have a couple disclaimers that we want to mention right off the bat. Um, one, we're not going to be discussing about JKR, even though fuck you. Um, That's its own thing. And two, this is going to be, we're going to keep it to one episode. It's going to probably be a really long episode. And um, three, we're just like the conversation surrounding fanfics. Um, We're probably going to leave that to a later date. We'll probably even just like chat about it. Like we'll go live on our socials at some point. Please feel free to reach out to us. Um, It'll probably be Instagram live so we can both kind of chat. But um, yeah, those are probably the three topics that we aren't going to directly talk about for here. But we're going to stick to this masterpiece. This masterpiece, this masterpiece manacled. Jazz, I told you last week when we were discussing how we were going to start this episode that I was going to ask you a question, and the question was going to be how, and I'm going to give you some more context here. Jess, how did Draco do it? How how did he, how could he, like, there is a reason why we will never have Draco's POV. I don't think any of us could actually handle it, but oh my God. Well, yeah. I'm barely handling it this time. And you, ma'am, you have read this 3.5 times. You read this before the podcast, before we were going to do a podcast episode. And here you are. Like, you're like, I can't get out of it. I can't get out of it. I'm just going to reread it. And then you reread it again. And I know you did, like, found the audio on Spotify and on YouTube, which we'll put the links in the Like, how? My question is, how did you do it? <laughs> How did I do it? Okay, so I read this three and a half times. I read this uh, by, I heard it word of mouth a couple years after it came out, and then I was pitching it here for a little bit. And then I read it for the pod uh, once to remember what was going on once again, because I like to connect, obviously, the end to the beginning. And once again, because I just, you know, hate myself, I guess. (laughs) But again... (laughs) I, but again, I like, I, I can't get out of it because I love Jermaine so much. And this brings me to my other point, Jess. I told you that when you were, when you would be done with this, that it would feel more real to you than the books. Uh, has that, uh, remained true? Yeah. I mean, even when we were, like, I, I was sending you voice memos. Uh, when, when I've been reading, I was just like, 
how this would happen. This absolutely would happen. I almost want to say like there's a part in Deathly Hollows that you could probably like stop and then start this to be canon because in a way it is, at least from what I understand of the discussions that are happening in the fandom. It's very powerful. There's obviously a couple ways to read this. You can read it as is, as you should the first time. You should always read this as is. And then the second time, you can read it in order. Like chronological order? Yeah. So starting at the flashbacks and then just going straight through. Okay. I read, yeah. There's a part in one of the chapters I didn't know, but, you know, when... um the the writer they kind of have like a little blurb before the chapter and they said like hey look like here's a google doc there's a in um there's a google doc um but they had received um feedback from people saying like what there's a rereading this is a completely separate experience um once you've already read it and i they were like don't like so some people are like i don't need the bullet points this is going to be the order um oh wow yeah, so it's it's just a lot to take in, a lot to take in. Uh, before we jump into chapter one, uh, just just right right out of the gate, did you like this? Loved it, five star. I rarely do stars on Goodreads. I've tried to get away from that just because um, I want to just you know write a little blurb. Here are my thoughts, and let like not let my star rating impact anybody who does follow me. I don't know. Um, you know, in that context, no, immediately five stars. Not even a question. Everybody yeah. should read it if you, if you, especially if you like grew up in this, in this world. Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. I don't know how we're gonna. I mean, you are a queen when it comes to like keeping us on track and like having structuring this because there's there's so much going on and you just want to like emotionally react and vibe the whole time. <laughs> well. Well, that's a that's a that's a good starting point. If you want to be emotional and vibe, we can vibe in chapter one with Hermione, who's stuck in the bottom of Hogwarts. Now, Jess, this is your first time going through this. And I I remember from my first read that these first chapters before the flashbacks are very difficult, just like The Handmaid's Tale was, you know, very difficult for a lot of people to watch because trigger warnings check all of them. Um, knowing that this was a Germione fic, though, in the back of your head, when you're reading all of this like horrible stuff, uh, is is really something. So Jess, um, tell me tell me a little bit about chapter one with Hermione in this cell, knowing what we know. Well, Hermione is, you know, she's in a prison in like a prison cell in Hogwarts. The Death Eaters have taken over Hogwarts, have used it as a prison of some sort. Um, we have a fan non favorite Dolores Umbridge comes back and um, she's torturing Hermione. She's always out to get her. She's just out to get everybody. Um, and Hermione's kind of been on her hit list for some time. So um, so she kind of she has isolated her for more than a year and a half. And she's just kind of been torturing and, and isolated torture um, Hermione since the battle at Hog Hogwarts. Exactly. 
And Hermione is, again, alone. She's under um, sensory uh, deprivation, no light, no sound. Uh, she's working out in her cell. Who taught her how to do that? She, uh, she has... <laughs> She has memories of the war. All they, all she can think of are these horrible, horrible memories of the war and all her friends dying in front of her. Again, uh, 16 months of solitary um, confinement and Umbridge pulls her out. And, and just like, geez, what a world, what a world that we have stumbled into because like, not only is it like the magical world that we know, but it is also a mesh of the handmaid's tale, which of course we also know and are familiar with. And holy shit, uh, was not expecting any of this the first time. I remember reading about like these, these brain, um, you know, like fugue states that she's in and like specific memory loss that she has. She doesn't remember her parents. All of this stuff is absolutely insane to me. Uh, the processing, all of it. Did you have to put the book down a lot initially? Like, because of said triggers like it's just it's heavy it's dark it's not the world it's not the harry potter that we grew up with to an extent because we have you had shared with me a ton of fan edits and i was like wait this is totally the world this isn't just like the this is from the movies did i have to put the book down a lot no did i read with like a pit in my stomach yes yes absolutely just a pit in my stomach that would so that would ease a little bit and then get tighter and you know what i mean just kind of like that because when when hermione and draco are happy i'm happy and then the pit in my stomach is happy but then you know we'll get there we'll get there it is it is quite something Okay, so so what what is what is happening here? Uh, Hermione is pulled out of prison by Umbridge, and she's going through processing, and she sees Hannah Abbott, and Hannah Abbott is missing an eye, and it's kind of through uh, Hannah and her gossip that we learn about the breeding program, the High Reeve, and how the High Reeve has murdered. Every single person that Hermione worked with in the order, as far as Hannah knows, as far as Hannah knows, uh, not knowing that that is Draco is very scary. It's scary that it is Draco. Oh, it's terrifying. I'm going to hold off because I have a comment on that uh, <laughs> with how uh, scary Draco can be. But I think it's also important to know at this point, Umbridge kind of isolated her as a prisoner, unbeknownst to anybody. Voldemort doesn't know that Hermione is alive. Everybody thinks that she is dead. So then when somebody had come to find Hermione and they were like, wait, we know this girl. Umbridge is like, oh, whoops, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize what a priority she was to the to, to the um, I was going to say the High Lord. No, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> to Voldemort. Yeah, no one does. And of course, that that just like kills Draco later on. Is, of course, I looked for you. I looked for you everywhere except the place that you were. We'll get there. The High Reeve is masked. We just, this is just part, this is just part of it. It's part of it. Uh, he is uh, Voldemort's right-hand man. He has the mastery of the killing curse. Of course, we know this and we, we know, we know what we know. 
We know what we know. Uh, and, um, and we know why he killed everybody. Um, but then Hermione is cleared for the breeding program, right? And she is, she's learning that, um, she can't escape, right? Like everyone that tries to escape gets maimed. They lose uh, eyes. They lose fingers. Um, it is just imagine exactly the world of the handmaid's tale and just like thunk it on top of Hogwarts. And that's exactly what you have. And then Hermione's taken to Voldemort and he can't break into her mind that's that's scary shit like all of this is scary shit don't you think yeah oh i mean everything about this i remember because i remember when i had started i was like this is this is a lot and i just remember i was like that with handmaid's tale because as we know the author of handmaid's tale has said anything that seems too extreme in those books it's either has happened current or currently happening or in the process of happening again in a lot of places. So knowing that context and applying it to this world, it's very real for some people. What was your reaction to Snape being here? I was just like, I was curious how he was going to be written in the fic because it's a fic. It could go either way. Yeah, it could go either way. It could go either way. Uh, so what we have here is Voldemort cannot break into Hermione's memories, which are, um, protected, right? Her magic has sealed itself around the most important memories in her life. In her life, these most important memories, they are protected and nobody can get into them. And it's like the perfect conditions of all of her confinement, all of that, all of that, all of that. Uh, so Snape, Snape is in there too. And Snape is like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to check these memories. And he checks them all too. And she says that it kind of feels like he's checking them like carefully and he's checking very specific ones in like a specific order that he's checking. And he's like, Oh, I can't get into these either. And then, and then, and then what this is, this is the part where I was like, okay, I'm taking a leap of faith. This is the leap that I'm taking because magical pregnancy can solve this. Okay. okay. All right. Fine. Fine. But I understand this is the world that I walked into, right? Like, I'm not going to be mad at this. I'm aware. It's hard because I want to jump ahead and I know we're trying to be chronological, um, but I I don't want to do that just yet. Yeah, because because the beginning is where we get the hints, obviously, for everything that is to come, because it's right here where it's like, oh, well, mag- magical pregnancy. If the guy's also like an occupant, ocu- I can never say this word, but we know what it is. Occlumency. Uh, If he also practices that, then they can like merge their magic and the memories will come back. It'll be magical pregnancy. We'll fix everything. And then Voldemort's like, yo, Snape, you want to knock her up? And Snape is like, uh, mm, uh, mm, my lord. Mm, About that. About that. Uh, mm. I'm going to go to Romania and deal with the insurrection that's happening in Romania. But what about Draco? Right? He's like, and Voldemort's like, yeah, what about Draco? What about Draco? And we're like, what about Draco? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it's also it's, it's also so important because it's like what we learn later in this book I'm going to say book. I don't know what else to call this masterpiece um, is um, how Draco is like, you have to kind of like 
distract, distract, look at the shiny object over here. And that's what, and that's what Snape does. And of course you have to position it the way they do with, oh, well, you know, Draco, we learned very early on that Draco is high reeve. Or like that was our assumption if you, if you were like in a couple chapters and you, you make it like, oh, well, he was Potter's girl and like her gold. What is it? Like her golden, his golden girl. And we know Potter hated Draco. So like, let's do that. That would really like, you're going to have so many people support us because they're going to be like, yeah, fuck Potter, which are things that I said later in this book. Like, Fuck Potter. Um, but it was positioning it because Draco couldn't draw attention to himself. I can't really talk about I, it's really hard to talk about Draco in the beginning of this book just because, like, Draco never lost his memories. Draco is still in the fight. Draco is fighting the good fight. During all of this, he's going to Ginny. He's setting up all of these safe houses. He's getting all of the materials. That's what he's doing when Hermione's like, what is his goal? Like, he doesn't do anything with any of his time or money. That's what he's doing. Oh, my God. So it's it's, it's hard. Okay. It's hard to talk about. It's hard to talk about. Okay. Uh, but, 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 here we have, Um. So so the terms are that Hermione's going to go to the High Reeve and she comes back every other month until she's pregnant for memory inspection personally by Voldemort. Uh, and then Hermione gets trained gross by Umbridge and she gets the compulsions. She gets the manacles. She gets the manacles. Um, but then I just, I just have to point this out. My God. Um, the, well, the compulsions being like, you have to be quiet. You have to be obedient. You have to, um, not offend the wives. You can't resist. You have to have healthy children, all that stuff. Um, and then they're in the robes, but Hermione runs into Angelina here. Do you remember this? I don't remember this particular part, but I know I wanted to punch Angelina in the face later on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it is during training here when they are dressed in their robes with their stockings, they've got their bonnets, all of that stuff. Uh, She runs into Angelina. She, Hermione, runs into Angelina and Angelina goes, oh, my God, Hermione, you were right. We should have listened to you. Oh, yes. And she and Hermione's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? And on a reread, you're like, ah. I will, I will punch you in the throat is what I will do. That's what I will do. Damn it. Oh, well, and well, okay. So we, I think we can talk about this a little bit now. Um, there's a part in the book where, and I guess it is part of the conversation with Angelina where she's like, what happens if we, we lose the war? And Angelina's like, do, 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 like we die. And she, and she's like, what? Like dying? is what you wish would happen. That's the best case scenario if the other team wins. You think another team's going to win and just be like, okay, all y'all are dead. No, that's not how it works. Especially not with the da- Death Eaters. And and it, it, and it does get worse. It is worse. So yeah, Hermione was right once again. Once again, yeah, Hermione was right. You're all in a breeding program, which is like, uh, of course, we learn that it's a big distraction because Voldemort is dying. It's a whole thing. Um, but uh, Stroud, 
Healer Stroud is there. And she's like, soon it won't be the Sacred 28. Soon it'll just be magical. It's like, okay, okay. All right, fine, 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 fine. Um, but then we have, then we go to Draco. We go to Draco. The date here, November 2004. I'm saying this now because Hermione goes to Draco and it is November. The plan was always to get her out in February. December, January, February. She was never supposed to be there that long. Like, she was never supposed to be there that long. And she was never supposed to get pregnant. Three months is nothing. Especially when you have somebody. I mean, that's just like if people that people always say if you're in like these in, in different situations and if you're really stressed and your body is going through a lot of things, it can be more difficult to be pregnant. That was the hope. And we know that Hermione doesn't have a lot of her memory. So even in those three months, it was like, hopefully she's not going like she's not going to know what the past is. And she'll just kind of like think I'm a bad guy for whatever reason. And then I'll die. And then time, it won't matter. Yeah. The whole he's time. been like fighting for the whole time. This is like when you reread certain books and you're like, they knew the whole time. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, The whole time, Draco has been looking for her this whole time. This is his first time seeing her. He operates, they, she, she, Hermione takes the, is it a spoon? I think it is. And operates uh, to the manor into the foyer, same foyer. Uh, Hello, Mudblood. And she's like, he's older. He's taller. She hadn't seen him since school, right? He's got cold and feral eyes. And he immediately uh, jumps straight into her memories. And he uh, goes in and he checks all of them, pulls out and stares at her and goes, you have forgotten everything. Like, I feel so bad for him. I'm going to start crying again. I think it should be noted that Jess has been ugly, crying, dry, heaving, sobbing for hours at this point. Like 12, at least 12 hours. At least, at least 12 hours. At least 12 hours. Uh, here we're introduced to Astoria, who, you know, mudblood instructions, that whole disgusting kind of thing. Uh, Draco is just like so I, he's give the man an Oscar. I will never read his point of view. I can't do it because like, what must it be like looking like I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Anyway, 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 she takes, she goes to her room where Narcissa is the portrait watching over her. She asked, Narcissa asked, she asked to, she was like, I want to watch over her. And it, it, it's just because we know what we know now. First, you're like, oh, here's a portrait. We know portraits go in and out of other frames. And then if you go back, if you go to the flashbacks, you find, you know, or like later in the present day, you find out that she asked to look over. But in the flashbacks, you know that he straight up was tell, telling everybody in the house, don't you say a damn word about the love of my life being at this manor. My God. My God. Hermione is traumatized. Uh, there's really just that, that it is what it is. Uh, she's agoraphobic. She is panicking over open spaces because she relied on the walls in her uh, cell. It was the only thing that was real to her. So open spaces make her panic. Uh, that's real shit, man. Yeah. And, and also 
like just the trauma of everything that she went through. And then everybody, and I say everybody as in like the Death Eater side of things are just like, I don't understand why she's freaking out. I don't understand why you mean you, why, why does she have light sensitivity and sound sensitivity and just doesn't like being around people? It's been two days. What? <laughs> Is nobody grasping any of this? Yeah, for real, for real. Uh, and and also, I like that Hermione is starting to study Draco a little bit, too. And she's like, he's full of rage. I think he's angry with me. Ugh, God, uh, what happened to him? Oh, God. What didn't happen to him? Because he had rage before then. And she even tells, you know, spoiler, she tells Ginny, if he's the monster, I'm the creator. One of my favorite, favorite quotes. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Speaking of Ginny, though, speaking of Ginny, uh, we we have we have some memories here because really what happens is uh, just Hermione trying to get over the hallway, exploring some rooms, trying to figure out life. Uh, and she ha- starts having dreams. And her first dream is about Ginny. And Ginny's on the floor. She's crying. And she's saying, I didn't mean to. Oh, God, I didn't mean to. Of course, we know. But of course, you know, the first is always the first thing that happens in the story is always the important thing that happens later. Uh, and this is Ginny uh, crying because she's pregnant and she finds out that she's pregnant. Of course, we don't get the rest of this memory until later. Um, but like, damn, damn, it, it is it is crazy here uh, because also we have Topsy. I like Topsy. And Topsy cannot meet Hermione's eyes. Initially, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, because she knows she's going to break. Topsy's a real one. Topsy is a real one. Topsy's my favorite house elf. Like, I'd want to give her a sock. <laughs> like, you want to give her a sock, but you also want her to, like, stay with you. <laughs> uh, just just out, deeply out of order when she kicks Draco in the shins. I was just like, yeah, he deserves that. He deserves that for what he said. Yeah, I think... I love that just just her interaction with everybody and everyone and always having Hermione's back. Always, always. Uh, Hermione has to go to Draco's room at eight o'clock. This is the first. OK, Jess, I don't know. No, I do know because you told me I'm going to act surprised. <laughs> I don't know if I told you when I had an inkling that something was going on with Draco and that Draco was going to be. Like, obviously, this is a Germany thing, but, like, what was going on? You know, like, is he in on it? Is there, like... Oh, where you were, like, can, or where, like, when you started piecing together? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't... Because I gave you, like, live reactions for this one, so you knew exactly where I was in my... It's here. It's this first rape scene uh, because Draco walks into his room. He was not expecting to see her there, and he goes completely white. Like, he pales. Like, why, why? Why Why would he do that? You know, like, why would he go completely, like, white and pale seeing her? That's not like, you, you know? So I was just like, oh, okay. All right. And Hermione is just living off of her memories of how he was in, in, in school. And, like, her, yeah. what she was familiar with, what he thought of her then. So she... Is like, oh, he hates me. Oh, he's so disappointed. And then she's also doubting herself with a lot of her, you know, she's very self-conscious in what she looks like, especially after, 
you know, being isolated for so long and having a bunch of scars that she wasn't familiar with or how she got them. And she was just and he's and he's feeding into it. And, you know, it killed him. It killed him. This actually this whole first rape scene just destroyed him. You know this. He had to chug fire whiskey to even approach her, right? And then he's he's trying in a cruel way to see if he can like jog her. Are you a virgin? Is that something that you remember? Like, right? Like, is he it? He was so specific in like how he said things, but because we also know that the Dark Lord was like infiltrating his mind at the same time, and also knowing that I can never say this word, the Veritaserum, mm-hmm. um, the truth telling serum, he was going to be taking it. He had to be very selective in what he said because people were going to be probing in and out of his minds because Voldemort's on high alert and he's really paranoid and doesn't trust anybody so like he's very cautious in how he's just phrasing everything and 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 oh god uh when he is raping her because he has to he freezes when she makes a, a sound he like he goes completely still hermione says like he goes completely still he does not touch her he doesn't speak to her she notices his black ring she says it's all very clinical Mm-hmm. Very impersonal. Uh, and then after this, she tries to throw herself over the balcony and he uh, gets to her and is frantic, right? He's like, don't you dare. Don't you dare do this. Uh, I, I I, can't, I can't imagine. Again, again, I would never read Draco's POV, but like, my God, this emotion that he must be going through. And like the like self-loathing also just must be intense. Well, and they both have it. They both carry the weight of the world on their shoulders. And it's so sad. I was like sobbing at the end of the book, too, because of how the world will remember them. Both of them. Both of them. Hermione and Draco. Like, and even, um, even Aurora. Is it Aurora or Aurora? I don't know. I was going to say Aurora, but then I was like, Aurora? Anyway, uh, I'll I'll leave last names out for this part, but Aurora and James are like, it's not fair and it's not right that they're just bylines. And this is when they literally saved the world in which we live in today. And now that you know this, we've read the whole thing to recount of where we're back at at the, at the beginning of the book. It's like, it's heavy. You feel bad. <laughs> It is heavy. And and here especially, here especially, because knowing what we know, right? Uh, so after after Hermione tries to throw herself off the balcony um, because, you know, Draco just can't stand it. And he he like yells at her to get out. Um, she he heals her. He heals her. He heals her. And he's so furious that he goes, well, I mean, I might as well just like inspect your memories now. And he goes directly to her imprisonment. And he goes through every, like, single day of her imprisonment. He goes to every day, every second after, uh, her, all of her reactions, all of her feelings, all the details, all her thoughts, where she was, uh, every, everything. He pours over the 16 months where they were separated 
for hours. And of course, we know what he's doing, but the first, a first time reader doesn't know. And Hermione doesn't know. Uh, she thinks he's just like inspecting whatever. Um, but, but oh my God. Oh my God. Poor Draco. Just like he's, he's like, all right, this is what happened. And it's fucking horrible. And he couldn't do anything about it. And he couldn't do anything again, about it. We go to the, he was like, I looked everywhere except she's like, you can't blame yourself. And she's, and he's like, why not? I told you, I gave you my promise. And she even like questioned, she was like, you used to always say you like promised me. You don't say that anymore. And he's like, I feel like my words are like empty promises now. Like they just, the words feel empty because look what you had to go through without me for this long. For this, for this long, for this long. Uh, we have just sequences of Hermione. She doesn't remember her scars on her chest and her wrist. Uh, she tries to like build up her confidence, exploring the manor, exploring the bedrooms. Draco says you have to go outside. It is November turning into December. It's cold. So he gives her a cloak and it's heated and it's heated and it's heated. He gives her a cloak. He shows her a newspaper. Uh, Jess, this is where I think you started like really firing on all cylinders. Oh yeah, like, this he's was giving when... her the paper. I was like, he's he he's trying to act so disinterested, but he's giving her resources to educate herself on what's happening in the outside world, understand what what's going on, hope hoping that it'll kind of like drive like some sort of like memory refresher of where they are what's going on and it ultimately is just like his cry for help to be like you know this isn't me this you know this isn't us please know that this is just an act please know this is just an act uh after hermione kind of panics here and she's you know she runs she panics her feet are bleeding and this is another instance where draco uh, pales again. His like hands start shaking. He can't stand it. He heals her feet, and and she's and this is again uh, Hermione reading the Daily Prophet. We get these memories that Draco killed Dumbledore, um, and she she is just like she cannot remember like fuzzy things like the war, especially the last year, and her. Um, Panic attacks are calmed by Draco. And that's something that really annoys her in the beginning. She's like, oh, my God, why? Why? It must be the compulsions. It must be the compulsions. Of course, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, but but it's a whole thing. And it is during these panic attacks that, that Hermione is having that Draco is just like sitting on the veranda. He cannot like help her. Because just as you mentioned, like everything that Draco does and sees is being reported back to like so many people through the occupancy. So he is just sitting there and he's he's watching her freak out and he's like holding the paper and his hands are pale and he's like shaking doing this. And I was just like, oh, my God, Draco, what is going on with you? Um, but Hermione isn't pregnant and we have this first Stroud exam. I hate these exams. I hate these exams. I feel they're just so invasive. They're so and I, but I love that. Hermione they were like they were like anything I should know and and then you know Hermione's like well I was physically raped five times and I was uh mentally raped twice because of the occlumency or like the legilimency the occlumency is like organizing all the stuff and then the legilimency is like when you're invading 
the mind of somebody else. Um, I definitely am saying that wrong. I'm so sorry. Um, and then, like, I always want to call her, like, Lydia because of um, Him Eats yeah. Tail. But Stroud, she was like, oh, I guess I set myself up for that one. Whoops. I'm going to rephrase that. Like, call it what it is. And nobody's calling it what it is. No, nobody's calling it what it is at all. Um, but Hermione's not pregnant. Her memories are still locked. And, and it is, it is, it is so hard because the memories do start coming out and, and Malfoy is taunting her. And, and I feel so bad for him because he is like suppressing all of this rage, but he's like, we have to keep you calm, right? We, you have to, you have to do these certain things, your self-imposed brain injury. He's just like, like he's seething about it because like she she got caught because she all of this all of this and he's like it's his fault and all and he's watching her suffer and he's blaming himself for it because she did it for him like all of it right it's all so layered exactly because i was gonna say it all especially because we have like a present flashback present and we're we're, we're discussing the the present knowing the flashback how intertwined this entire story is. Yes. And, 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 and we get a little bit, we're talking about intertwining stories. We get a little bit of backstory uh, from Draco because we have, um, you know, Draco killing Dumbledore. He's like, yeah. And uh, Voldemort had dinner with me and my mother that night. It's like, oh God. Oh God, knowing what we know. It's like, all right. Um, but then I'm just going to give us a little marker. Here we are at chapter 10. We have a hairy memory, our first hairy memory. And he says, what happened to us? And Hermione goes, a war. Well, yeah. Like he's a great memory. And sometimes her memory, her memories mostly came in dream form, right? At the beginning. Yes. Yes. So... Yes. Yeah, because she hasn't been, like, out in a coma or unconscious yet. So, yeah. And it's just, I mean, Harry right off the bat in this book, and maybe just like the others, and because we're looking at from an adult lens instead of, like, when we grew up reading it, um, he's on a self-righteous high horse that everything is supposed to stay the same, nothing changes, Good will conquer evil. Believe in love. Um, and like, yes, we believe that through love all is possible here on the podcast. We also believe in like reality. So <laughs> just to, to, for Harry to be so idealistic and utopian and, and Hermione is like, I hear you, but do you want to win? Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing with Harry. Harry's like, don't you think that good can just win? No. And he's like, and he's like mad at her because she's like, no, you f fucking stupid man. Like, no, no, it doesn't just work like that. You have to make the hard choices. You have to make risks. And, and, and that, that's all the memory that we have there. And it's just like, okay, this is the Harry that we're getting. I'm going to punch him in his face. Right. But, you know, it feels like this is the Harry we would get also if this were the book. Right. Because it also makes so much sense why, you know, later, later in the book, you have um, 
Draco saying, I cannot save an army who is never willing to pay the price victory demands. I am so sick of watching you, he's talking to Hermione, pay it for them. Because she is. She's the only one she's seeing. She's seeing the results of war. And Ginny has mentioned this, too. She's like, everybody else is just like, here's a body, take care of it, and goes back onto the field, fight, you know, fighting the, the fight. And she's behind the scenes in the hospital trying to heal everybody. So she's not seeing like she's it doesn't matter good or bad. I'm seeing the results of it. Yeah. And and Hermione only sees it. And she says, like, we're losing. We're losing. We're losing. But we'll, we'll get there. Hermione here is taking the clarity potion. Uh, we have we will just know that Narcissa had to take the clarity potion 12 times to be able to pass uh, for normal when Lucius came back uh, while uh, Voldemort was living in the manor. So that is very terrible, knowing that there is a horrific hangover to this potion. And while Hermione takes this potion, she's out in the hedge, hedge maze. She is learning the manor. She's really trying to acclimate to where she is, her situation, her environment, and her stressors. And it's here where uh, Hermione really starts thinking, and she's like, huh, Draco, are you, are you reading, are you reading my mind? Like, is there blood magic here? Like, like what, what's going on? There must be a key. Is it the ring? And he tosses her the ring. Like, he's just like, no, it's not this here. And she's like, no, it's not this, this black ring. She doesn't realize that she has it on because there's a glamour on the ring and only the people who know that it's there can see it. So she doesn't see hers. And Draco obviously knows he has his, which is so interesting because she's saying something about his ring, but not hers. But that's because she's in her fugue state, like one of her fugue memories. Ah, uh, God. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, because, because, uh, the manacles are infused with blood magic here. We have just wonderful world building by the author. Just all these little details. Uh, Draco drops these little bombs. I'll always know where you are. Um, unless you get the manacles off. He smiled. I would love to see you try. He, mm, mm. <laughs> he would, wouldn't he? He would. He would. He would. He would. Uh, all right. Where are we? Where are we? We have, we have, we're just going to move on here. Uh, second potion, you know, she's exploring, explores the manor a little bit more. It is now December. She's been there for two months. There's another round of the table appearing and Hermione has the dream about Moody. Okay. And Stroud again, not pregnant. Uh, fancy an outing. Mud blood right to Voldemort. <sighs> I hate these. I hate, I hate these so much. Uh, I hate when Voldemort goes through her memories. I hate what he does to her here. It is just bad. I hate that he makes her relive all of it. And then even when she's finding like good memories, like she had that flashback of um, her parents and making little origami cranes. And there was something that they had learned like, oh, if, you know, like just like some some philosophers saying like, oh, if you make a thousand of these origami cranes, then you can go ahead and make a wish. 
And it's just this tiny little memory. It gets her through her very monotonous day because she just kind of sits in her room or she goes for her one hour walk. And, um, and it gets her, it really just gets her through the day. And she's like, well, if I'm going to make a wish, it's to get out of here and be happy and healthy and safe. And, and we know the type of person that Voldemort is. And he sees this like little glimmer of like happiness and crushes that memory to the point that Next time she's like, I'm going to go do that thing that I remember how to do. She's like, why can't I remember how to do this? And we don't find till later on. Like we know as the reader, but she doesn't know till later on um, that that Draco tells her, oh, he's, she's like, why am I losing these memories? Like, I know, I know I had it like at the tip of my tongue. And he's like, it's not just you. This is kind of his M.O. He wants to take any little of like glimmer and hope and happiness from his victims and take that and like literally crush it. So now you know that there's something there, but you don't know what it is. And it's like literally psychological warfare. It's 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 horrible. It's horrible. He, Voldemort, is demanding that she get pregnant, absolutely demanding it. And he's like, but the Malfoy line needs an heir, all of this stuff. He is just, he is desperate to know what Hermione knows because he is not well, obviously. Uh, after this, it's, it's Christmas. It's Christmas, but, but Draco gives Hermione a pain relief potion before operating. All of these little details come together to make a very beautiful picture. Um, and and the the dragon hide boots are coming. I love this. I love I love this little detail because like why couldn't the dragon hide boots be bought for her and have them there immediately, right? You could just go like go buy them at a store, right? You have to think that they're coming from the safe house and it takes a couple days for them to get there and that's like that's why he's like they'll be here like tomorrow they'll be here in a couple of days it's like oh my god oh god well and i also looked at it as like and it, it was like you had to play the role so like if this is you know this is what you were supposed to come in as you know a surrogate then that's what's given to you and then because of her agoraphobia she wasn't going outside and then you have like well she needs to get outside we have to make sure that they're healthy and so he everything he painted this picture that everything being with her was an inconvenience. Ah, I always, if you have these crappy shoes, I have to change them every day. Like that's an inconvenient thing for me. You're wasting my time. He had to make it seem like he gave not a single fuck about Hermione. So anybody who's peering into his mind and all the eyes that are watching don't think he gives a fuck either because how many times does Hermione notice when she's outside she's like looking back at the manor and you know um Draco's like legal wife Astoria is like peeking out the window being like what's going on out there what's and she's like I have met her all but once and she's creeping real hard and I didn't do a damn thing like I don't want to be here any much as much as you don't want me here I I I enjoy the confrontation with Astoria for a lot of reasons, but we'll get to it. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Um, but that is coming up so soon. Uh, Hermione confesses to Draco that she can't speak until she's spoken to. And that like really upsets Draco. It's another opportunity, uh, where he just kind of like goes completely pale and just like loses his shit. And he's like, well, 
I will send a house elf then and, and we'll work around that. Like she will speak to you and then we'll work around that. Uh, this is where Hermione gets the paper, the calendar and the crane starts happening. Um, uh, but then we're at New Year's Eve and Graham Montague walks in to her fucking room. Like, whoa. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. But before that, wait, before that, we have, we have, um, a story of having an affair. Astoria having an affair. We have the party. We have all of the surrogates at the New Year's Eve party. And uh, Draco, we have Draco there talking with Umbridge and he is staring at her necklace. And I was like, because like knowing what we know, I was like, oh, (laughs) there's our last order member. What I also like about this party, it's like Hermione is feeling, I don't want to say more brazen, but she's like exploring. She's like, Oh, there's a party. Oh, I hear music. What's going on? Right. Like she gets out out, right when she opens her door. She sees Astoria having an affair against the wall. Turns out to be Montague. And she's like, oh, my God, what the hell is going on? And she's still watching. And she's like, crap. Now Draco's going to read my mind and he's going to see that his wife is cheating. And then I'm going to get blamed. Like she's all so nervous. And then she's like, I wonder who all's at this party. And she's like, oh, all the other surrogates are at this party because having a surrogate is a status symbol for, you know, the, the Death Eaters. And but then she's also seeing Astoria after just like fucking Montague in the hallway, kissing uh, Draco for like their midnight New Year's Eve, like photo for the Daily Prophet. And she's watching him and he's watching her like. And she's like, why am I jealous? Like, I don't want to feel this, but this is really awkward. And oh, my God, now he's looking at me, looking at him. Yeah, it's like, oh, God, oh, God. And then he's waiting for her at 4 a.m. in the hall. And he's like, uh, why is Graham interested in you? Like, what is going on there? Uh, she's like, I don't I don't know. Like, I don't know. Uh, but you're right. The kiss in the paper was it's supposed to be very sweet and like very magical and the detail of like he runs his finger over her like lips and stuff. Oh my God, Draco, stop. Um, I love this next part because we have a little bit of vulnerability. Like Draco cracks a little bit in this next part. This is where Hermione takes the, the last dose of the potion and she explores Lucius's wing of the house because the door to the drawing room is left open purposely by Astoria. And she sees the cage. She, Hermione, sees the cage in the middle of the room that uh, Draco can't remove. Uh, that's all confessed in chapter 54. But here we have... Um, Draco coming in there and he's, uh, the quote is he's pale and raging. Um, and he can't get out of the, he can't take the cage out. It's corrupted the ley lines. This, this was, this was hard. This was hard. This, um, I feel so bad for Draco all the time, all the time, all the time. Like I can just start crying. This feels like, you know, in chapter Akamath's chapter 54, where you're just like, he knew the whole time. Like, Draco knew the whole time, too. And it's so hard. I mean, it's funny because this potion helps her with her agoraphobia. She's not like she kind of gets like that confidence for a few hours to like do what she needs to do, um, whether it's just like being in a healthier state of mind, kind of becoming familiar. And 
and you can you know Draco when she's sassy and not showing any fear towards Draco. Internally, Hermione's like, I like this version of me. And you know that Draco is like, I missed this version of her. I'm just yeah, I heard you crack. I heard yeah, you crack. We're good. We're good. Relax. You're good. You're good. Uh, uh, here we have here we have Draco being like, "Oh, are you uh, are you composing a psychological sketch of me? Is that what you is that what you're doing?" Of course, we know he, that got him very angry uh, in the flashbacks and you know, all of that stuff. Um, but here, she's like, "What drives him? What is he doing?" But here, Astoria comes in raging. She's like, "You're touring the manor with her." Draco's like, "Yeah, like the door was left open, bitch. Like, <laughs> what were you trying to do?" <laughs> um, but uh, it's um, it is here where Draco really starts to kind of um, push into. It's like. Uh, you know, I did this, Hermione. I did this. I did this. And under the potion, she's like, why are you, like, really pushing me to hate you? Like, why are you, why are you doing this? Like, it, that just really makes sense. Um, but speaking of sad, sad memories, he's like, well, you can go explore while you have the potion. Go explore the stables, something that Voldemort crushes later, um, and the shed, which is the, sta- the stable thing is just really sad. Just sad. She forgot this. She forgot the horses. The horses didn't forget her, but she forgot the horses. Well, and this <sighs> is the this was the the memory that Draco's how she found out that uh, Voldemort was crushing, literally crushing her positive memories because she's like, "Oh, I didn't know you had horses." Like at a different point in the book, and he's like, "Yeah, you did. I told you. You literally were just there." And she's like, "I was," and that's when he was like. Oh my God, he's been doing more with her memories than just seeing what's there. <sighs> my goodness. We are up to January. This is January. And Hermione says that Draco is preoccupied. We know this because she's supposed to leave next month. She is supposed to leave next month. So Draco is just like, he's never there. He is not paying attention to anything. But Stroud is like, Yo, why do you have no sodium? Like, what is going on? <laughs> and I do like that Draco's like, why do I have to do fucking everything myself? I ha- <laughs> why Why me? The fucking kitchens too? Like, what? Yeah, well, and he said he was like, I thank you for letting me know. Um, I was under the assumption that, you know, my and he's like, my wife kind of hand- ha- handles everything. I was under the assumption she was Hermione was having the same food that I had for dinner. She was just having it in her room. I'm going to have a talk with my wife because I know that he doesn't want to take the blame. And it's not just the blame. It's like, let's let's put like shine a light on like how shitty this other lady is. His wife. I say his wife, but like, yeah, for legal purposes. Yes. But like, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, not at all. Not at all. We have another Ginny dream. She's asking for pregnancy potion because Pruitts just get pregnant. They're very fertile. Yeah, they're very fertile. And she's also like, Hermione, you seem lonely. Like, are you fucking Snape? Like, what is going on? And and Hermione's like, no, no. Uh, cathartic shagging is not my thing. That's your brother's BT dubs, BT dubs. Uh, just like, no. Uh, but here you can have some pregnancy potion because I have some. 
Uh, and she had some because she's taking it because of Draco. She had it because she thought that it was going to be this horrible situation. Of course, it wasn't. It's just, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, but then Hermione has this realization of like, oh, well, she would have protected Ginny. Ginny was like her friend. They weren't like super close, but like they defended each other. And she didn't push Hermione away uh, with the, uh, you know, persistence that Hermione had about using the dark arts. Ginny was like a steadfast friend in that. So that that was nice. That was nice. Um, Umbridge is dead in the middle of February. Thank God. Finally, somebody killed her off. Finally, finally. Did you think that this was Draco? No, but... I was looking back on my notes and I was like, but Draco knows who it is. <laughs> and I was like, well, do I get like half point for that? Because <laughs> I mean, technically he did. But like my whole, I was like, oh, it's not going to be the, I didn't think it was the order. I was more thinking um, Draco knows who it is. Draco's going to start this new resistance. Chapter five, I knew he was like, he's not a, he's, I knew right away. I think. I knew he wasn't going to be bad because it was a Hermione fanfic, but chapter five is like really when I started like, I see this. I see what's happening. Here's all my speculations. You were so happy. You were just like, mm, interesting. I was so happy. I was like, <laughs> oh, good, good. Oh, cool. Was excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, so what happens here? An arrow is fired out of the Forbidden Forest and and everyone's like, they there was a attempted assassination on the Minister of Magic. It was not. It was straight up to the necklace on Umbridge. That was the goal. Of course, we know that that is a Horcrux. We know this. We know this. But of course, everyone, including Voldemort, is like, holy shit, the resistance is alive. Uh, so that that sucks. That sucks so bad. Um, Stroud comes, gives, gives Hermione a fertility potion. Disgusting. But then, but then, uh, Hermione has to go to Voldemort and and it's right here. It is right here where Draco goes, hey, hey, don't you think we should recall Severus? Right here in the middle of February after Umbridge is dead. This is where Draco's like, all right, all right, let's go, let's go. And Voldemort is like, no, absolutely not. Romania is critical. If we lose Romania, shit will go wild. Severus has to stay where he is. Keep your hold on Hermione. And Draco is like, yo. I will die before I lose my hold on her. Uh, that is the quote. I highlighted like, it. I was like, this is important. This is important. <gasps> Ooh, <laughs> it's really something. It's, it's really so, something. It, it's, it's everything. It's everything you wish that, ev- like, I know we talked about this even recently in our David Budd tr- trilogy, where you're constantly chasing that high. I mean, I mean, but at the same time, could you imagine if every read was like this level? Wouldn't get anything done. You just permanent book slump forever. It's just the one read. This is, honestly, there's, there's, this is just top tier. This is just top tier. Okay. All right. What did we learn? What did we learn? We learned, just like Hermione learned, that she bombed a prison. Fun stuff. Uh, Sussex was a uh, research for prison and Ginny was there 
The war has stalled. This is what Hermione, Hermione's a smart girl. The war has stalled for two years. There's been no progress since Harry died. Um, she thinks that's because of the tethers, right? And she's like, Horcruxes, Horcruxes. Hmm. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So that means that the surrogate situation is a ruse because Voldemort is dying. Good to know. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, she passes out from this and has a memory of Ron with maps. Jess, you said something very funny about this. What didn't I say? I was all about the Ron slander when I was texting you. I was like, Ron with the maps? Like, I, I don't even remember the exact thing that I said. Hold on. I said, in no world can you convince me Ron is smart enough to read a map and catch up on the raid since he's been gone. Since he's been gone. Yeah, because he, he has turned his chess, uh, you know, prowess into strategy, but takes every loss to heart. Once I make my move, you're free to check the game. No. <laughs> oh, my God. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> all the Ron slander here, though. We 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 like all the Ron slander. Um, I I hate this. I, I just I hate all these interactions with Ron. He's just it's so bad. He's like all these risks, like all these casualties. And then and then we have this like little tidbit. She's like, you know, uh, I sorry, I didn't mean to dis- to hurt you. And I disclose that information about the knife. Of course, this is when he had to like cut off like parts of Ginny's face to get like the the necrosis curse off of that, all of this. Um, it is here that uh, Hermione has her first stroke and she doesn't understand or recognize who Draco is. Um, and then and then we just have we have we have kind of background information, right? Just a little a little bit a little bit of world building that we have going on um, with with Draco like uh, she's talking about like you couldn't get into hospitals during the war or banks because the the order was classified as terrorists and long goodbyes were killing people. They couldn't just leave. They you know, this remember this. They couldn't just leave. Long goodbyes were killing people. Uh, Hermione didn't want to be a healer, but she did. Uh, she was the only one that was qualified. She. Uh, my note here is idealistic bullshit from everybody, but everyone is dying and Hermione is isolated with the only one that is caring. And she didn't fight because she was too important to the order and the only one that was qualified with healing. And she said pretty regularly, if not me, then who? Yeah. Because everybody everybody wants to be like a physical front of the line hero. And she's like, then who was going to stay back? Who else was good at potions? Like, it wasn't because she didn't want to be on the front of the line. That was never the case. We've known this from, like, you know, seven books. But she was like, but who? But she's also being the practical person that she is. She's like, well, who else is going to do it? Nobody else is asking these questions. And some of these things also just came natural to me. I had an interest in potions. I had an interest in healing. And I was good at it. Yeah, and she was. She was the best at it. Of course she was. She was the brightest witch of her age. We love her. Uh, She wakes up from her stroke. She remembers, you know, what's going on. She looks at her reflection. She says she's a vibrant corpse. Like, she's healthy, but she's like a corpse. She notices that Draco is wearing body armor, just like he, she told him to. Uh, 
Uh, he shows her the paper that says peace, peace talks are soon. And she's like, how did you guess this? And she's like, oh, well, you know, I specialized in, you know, uh, deconstructing dark magic and like magical corrosion is cellular and it eats the body. So eventually Voldemort will fade into nothing, but he's still fucking powerful. Uh, and then she's like, you know, uh, nobody ever said like Shacklebolt was dead. Like is Kingsley dead? And this is when Draco is like, yeah, Kingsley's dead. I killed him. He was in my way. Bam. Bam. Because he didn't care about Hermione and sacrificing or anything that Hermione was doing. So Draco, Draco was done with that. My God. Um, well, well, and also he was like, I couldn't blow my cover. And, you know, we know this in present day later in the book that she, the only thing Hermione was like, was it was it quick or maybe it was in the flashback he's like yeah it was it was swift like i did it the way if you were gonna do it because that's one of the things that hermione starts learning herself she's like kind of finding out a little bit more about dark magic even if it's just like i'll make it quick i'll like just right across the throat or right at the ankles like just little nicks here and there yeah little little nicks here and there you know it can be done it can be done here here, where are we? We're in we're in chapter 18. We're at an Equinox party, right? Uh the Equinox party, Montague is there. Uh Draco is being like ground down. He's being tortured. Hermione notices that he's being tortured daily um, because he's out there. He's trying to look for this, the person that killed Umbridge. And she's like, you know, there's somebody out there. And he's like, not for long, you know, uh, long before Voldemort dies, like this rebel will be dead and nobody will know who this rebel was. He's talking about himself. Like, he's like, I will be dead long before all of this. Nobody will know who I am. Like, yeah, I'll get him soon. Because he's been planning his suicide, the martyr that he is the whole time, because he's like, there is no other way to unalive Voldemort. Yeah. Because, yeah. 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 And, and again... He, we have the admission that like he killed Kingsley, he killed all the order members. And again, he raised the whole order. It's just another kind of, whew. but here we are at the Equinox party. He was never shy about that. He had always said like, yeah, again, like timeline back and forth, but he always said to Hermione, like she's number one. If anybody jeopardizes your safety, all bets off. All bets off. All bets off. Which happens here because Hermione's at the party, listening in at the Equinox party in the gardens. She's overhearing all of this disgusting talk about the other surrogates and realizes that she is the exception to the rule. Like she's being isolated. The other surrogates are being paraded about and being treated as sex slaves. She also learns that Malfoy has to go to Romania. And it is here where Graham Montague finds her, immobilizes her, tries to rape her, ends up biting her it's disgusting it's disgusting and this is after we know montague has gone into her room and he's like taunted her saying like hey like what does draco have with you here all these guards and wards are up it was really hard to find you so that was like one thing now he's following up the history with montague is he was actually the one who found hermione um, where she was blowing up the place in Sussex and brought her to the Dark Lord. And he was just like, I'm going to get my Death Eater mark for this. You're going to be mine. And then Draco came in and said, she's mine, bitches. And 
She's always been mine. Um, and so he, Montague corners Hermione in the May, in the hedge maze. And this is where she just goes into panic because he's about to sexually assault her. And at this point, Hermione doesn't know much, but she knows that Draco gives her safety and is safe. And he just always happens to show up at the worst time. And she has that repeated in her head at this point. Draco will come to save me. Draco always comes to save me. Not knowing what we know now that he was always going to come to save her. Always, always, always. And of course, Graham, Graham got his dark mark because he captured Hermione. And he's the one that reminded the Dark Lord about her in the first place. He, the whole reason that he is pissed off is because he's the one that told Voldemort about her. Voldemort promised Hermione to him, but then Draco, who gets everything, because like Graham is jealous, um, got Hermione instead. So that's why he's doing this. He's like, you know, I, you stab me with poison knives. Like, fuck you. I used to dream about this. Like, disgusting. He's also the reason why Draco knew that Hermione was alive. Graham was the only one who knew. And then nobody realized that she was isolated, un, like, undocumented and isolated. And that's what perked Draco's ears up. He was like, what? I like he knew that she was always alive, but didn't know where. And then he was like, oh, oh, she and like quite literally has been under my nose the entire time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, we that we can't get there. We can't. Get, oh, that's too painful. Uh, that's too painful. <laughs> that's too painful. Uh, what's painful here is that Malfoy rips open his stomach, rips out his intended his intestines and is like, try it. Let's fucking try it. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, and then he heals Hermione and he stays, he like, he stays in the room and he, um, I, every, here's the thing. Every time Draco heals Hermione, the first, the first read through, I was like, she was a healer. He knows how to do this. There's what happened. Like what happened the second time? I'm just like, oh my God. Like he paid so much attention. Like he, Wow. Wow. And he's the only one who paid attention. Like, that's the other thing. I mean, I know we'll get to it, but like, he actively cared and listened to what she had to say. Maybe not initially, it was, but like, he, he wasn't sure what it was, but he's always been fascinated by her. And then them, him making Hermione a part of his bargaining tool with the order, um, he was just like a sponge and took everything that she said because what she had to say was important. It was important and, and nobody else was listening to her. It was just, it's so frustrating. Uh, this is where Astoria bursts in and almost takes out Hermione's eye. How do we feel about this? We don't like Astoria. We love the, uh, the effect of what happens with Astoria coming in. Um, but she's, she was just like, why you? Like I did, I did everything right. I listened to the High Lord. I did this. I, he never showed me. He never gave me a tour of the place. Um, he never comes to society things. I'm just a joke. What's so special about you that everybody's just Fallen over. Even the guy that she was having an affair with, she's like, what the fuck is it about you? What the fuck is it about you? And she almost takes out Hermione's eye and then crack the manor shakes and Draco 
apparated across continental Europe. And everyone is like, that's fucking impossible. That is impossible. How did you do that? How did you do that? It's amazing. I love it. I love it. Because you Draco Malfoy. Because you Draco. Because you Draco. (laughs) And what does Draco do? Draco, Draco like throws Astoria against the wall. You know, he and then he heals everybody. And he's like, Hermione is important. You are not important. If you touch her, I will kill you. That is not a threat. That is a promise, Astoria. You are a decoration at best. And I do not want to see you. It's like, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to cover his ass, he's also trying to be like, and this is, and the Dark Lord wishes it. Didn't wish any of this on you. You basic. Bye. Yeah, goodbye, goodbye. And don't you know, you stupid, stupid, stupid person that you need eyes for occupancy? And this is where Hermione's like, wait, wait. (laughs) Draco, why why you lot you she's like, no, you you really At least Hermione was smart to wait to like give her commentary till after a story left. She's like, you know, you that that's not how it is. And he's like, she doesn't know. So she doesn't know, she doesn't know. <laughs> but Whatever. like But let's get your eye, let's repair your eye, let's do this again. And he does and he repairs it and he's like, Tell me what do I have to do? Meanwhile, oh my god, he knows because she's the one who's trained him and he's trying to jog her memory. Well, you have to know somehow. How do you? And then she's like, she just keeps saying, you'd really, you'd be a really, in another lifetime, you'd be a really great healer. You're really like a natural at this. And he's just like, LOL. So I've been told. So I've been told. So everyone tells me, oh God, oh my God. And he, and um, again, again, after Draco, like, takes the time, he heals her. He gets, like, the Dittany, right? The very expensive healing ingredient. He's like, I will give you the right amounts. I will do all of this stuff. Um, he he leaves her to go, like, get the specialist, whatever. You know, the specialist is very, like, impressed, okay? Um, but he stumbles at the door. And this is where I my heart just, like, dropped into my stomach. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because... Um, how did he because like we don't know we don't know like how draco has this ability to like operate across europe that he's not supposed to have he says like oh it was compliments of the dark lord it was a ritual i don't really want to talk about it uh of course we know what that was and what the the runes are giving him this unstoppable it made him an unstoppable force to like do impossible things if he needs to which is like what he did um but Oh, my God. Draco. Draco. <sighs> it's it's just, it's so much. It's so much. Um, okay. Okay. So so here, though, we have another healer, Stroud. And this is where we have the really gross, the really gross. Well, how does he take you? Over a table? Well, you need less detachment. You need connection. You know, magical pregnancies. Okay, okay. All of this with my, okay. Uh, you know, you need persuasion, all of that stuff. I get uncomfortable every time she comes in because, you know, everybody else is uncomfortable. Nobody wants to be here. Um, I think at this, like, I think maybe it was even like the last check-in or whatever it was. I was messaging you, Laura, saying, you know, 
poor Draco, because as much as the sexual assault is happening, it's also he's going through it, too, because he's forced to do this and he doesn't want to do it. And Hermione is just like, who knew this wasn't like his thing? And he's offended that he even thinks that she even thinks this of him. Um but then, like, even later in our flashbacks, he questions her, like, how could you ever think these things of me? And she was like, uh, here's my receipts. Cause, reaction, cause, reaction. And he was like, oh, I did do all those things. Like, what the, the that, that's on me. I'm, and then takes ownership. I'm sorry that I've made, I've taken all of these, like, what things are supposed to be happy and positive, and I've taken that from you, and I didn't even realize it. I am so sorry. And here, here's the thing: Draco is sick over all of this present day stuff. It is, it is horrible for him. So after Healer Strad says, like, you need to have connection, like, lay on the bed, face each other. She gives them potions to take. Uh, Draco's outed as the High Reeve. Also, in between all of this, and he has to do um, tons of executions he, publicly now. Everybody knows who he is. It's like a whole thing. Um, but he still he still has to do this to Hermione. And it's this it's this time uh, where they both take like potions, like they're co- taking calming potions. Uh, Hermione suspects he's taking a libido potion. And they're looking at each other. She starts crying. And when he finishes, Draco immediately bolts to the bathroom and starts throwing up. And this is when it was just like so like crystal clear that something had like there was so much more going on. It's so hard. It's just so hard. Because... Because after, because there's this time and then there's a memory of, um, you know, healing a Drake or of healing Harry and, um, Hermione not being able to make a Patronus because she doesn't really believe anymore. Um, you know, all, all of these kind of things. Um, but it is after Hermione accidentally takes a lust potion and she has an orgasm for the first time that Draco goes completely gray, immediately apparates out, and Hermione says that he looks like he might faint. Sorry, I'm just like choking back a lot. Um, how you can't be... I, I can't imagine reading this and not feel affected for any of the characters um and all this is also happening with the looming threat if Draco doesn't impregnate um Hermione they'll just call his dad back as long as it's part of the Malfoy line it didn't matter to Voldemort and knowing how psychotic and actually out of his mind uh, Lucia says she just kept saying through some of these times with Draco it's not Lucia's it's not Lucia's like that is on repeat in her head and thinking this is the less of the two evils meanwhile Draco is I can't even imagine what his headspace is obviously he's throwing up he's about to faint he has to take like potions to perform all of all of that him breaking here 
is knowing that he is like a master arguments, like knowing that he can withstand it during torture, knowing that he knows that this is all going to be seen. Like it is, it just kind of shows how, how deeply he's feeling everything that he cannot like contain this. And it's just so, so horrible. Um, Moving on from these terrible moments, we have a memory of Snape making love potions. Uh, Fun stuff. Fun stuff. I like that we have the little sprinkles of memories and then the full memories in the flashbacks. It makes the connections a little bit more, a little bit more fun, a little bit more fun. Uh, Here we have Hermione musing about Draco about like, how isn't he dead? How can he do all of this dark magic? How isn't he insane? How isn't he corrupt? How isn't he dead? Is he taking something to keep me from being pregnant? Hermione is doing all of the thinking. Why would he not want me to be pregnant? What is going on? She's asking the right questions, but she's not connecting the dots. <laughs> not connecting the dots. Um, Drunk Draco. Drunk Draco. He's breaking. Like, I, how he hadn't broken at all before this is just, wow. But we know from the flashbacks that, you know, Draco, they were like talking about like the types of drunks that they are. And Hermione's like, um, I used to be like a really fun, really talkative drunk. Like, y'all did not want me drinking at pubs and like, in the muggle world because like i just be i'm just gonna be spilling all the tea and then she was like so i always kind of kept drinking you know here in our world um but then after the war she became a crying drunk like she just cries all the time and she just feels like she's a big crybaby about things um and then draco is t- sharing with her well I, when I drink, I'm angry. I'm angry. I'm vicious. I say awful things. And we know that. And then even in the flashbacks, he goes, I'm not going to drink with you because he's trying to like have some self-preservation for her because he's caring about her because he's caring about her. And that's like what we know. Yeah. And like we know that now because that's a flashback. But like you're seeing him like what's the trope anybody but like i'm like i'm nasty towards anybody but her that's draco yeah that's draco that's draco that's draco i i like this this drunk this drunk kiss because there's a passionate moan here and both of them freezes and they're just like oh my god and that's when draco like flees because he just he just can't he just can't he takes a sobriety potion and this is where hermione starts to break she's smashing her head into the window she's she's hurting herself um she's saying i have stockholm syndrome like i have all these feelings for you um she's like it's pathetic you know i all all of these things i'm just so lonely i'm so isolated and this is where draco's like look you know you don't have Stockholm syndrome. And then he's trying to be mean. He's like, you know, um, no one appreciated you. Like no one, like, I don't want you like all of this stuff, like Colin, all of this stuff about Colin. Um, but then we have the revelation that Hermione is pregnant. Like she's pregnant, she's pregnant, she's pregnant. And we have the whisper of, I'm sorry, Granger. And you're just like, Oh God, 
Three weeks later, she's like still getting really bad headaches. And this is where we learn like Draco's mom almost died in childbirth. So he's like hovering and he's bringing all the doctors and, um, you know, he's massaging her hands and, um, all, all, all of this, all of this. She's getting memories of like Moody and Chonks because she's crying. She's sleeping and that's all she's doing. She's not eating. And he's like, you can't keep living your life like this for the next nine months. Exactly. 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 Um, and then, and then we have, we have chapter 26 flashback one. This is, these are, these are our, our flashbacks. Hermione's pregnant. She, she is in a coma now, right? She's in a coma. She starts talking to Draco about his mother, all of this stuff. And this like red bleeds over her. And then she's in a coma. And then we have like 40 some chapters of flashbacks, which we will cover. We we can do it. We can do it. Um, and it gives us a very set time date. So this is three years earlier. This is March 2003, six years after the death of Dumbledore. How did you, how did, okay, okay, let me just start here. Did you expect these flashbacks? No, I did not expect flashbacks till you told me chapter 26 is when it picked up. And then I went into my Kindle and I went to the bookmarks and it said flashbacks. And I was like, oh, I mean, I didn't know much about this fic to begin, this fanfic to begin with. Um, So when I saw that it just says flashback and it just says flashback one flashback two like that's how it's kind of set up in the kindle um so i was like oh we're gonna know more like i was really excited (laughs) but like just the four it was just a formatting thing because you had say like oh i'm on chapter 46 or something and i'm like what chapter is that i don't i don't have that here (laughs) Yeah, the for the formatting is kind of wild, but like the 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 flashbacks start at chapter twenty six, flashback one. We have just like, oh, it's fun. Lee Jordan, Charlie, Katie Bell, Seamus, all all of these things. We have we have Harry, you know, Harry, um, you know, no killing curses. We all have to be good. Light, light can win. You know, light can't uh, use dark because then we'll be dark. We have to, Harry's whole thing is we have to vision ourselves on the other side of the war, all of that stuff. But then, Moody, an opportunity has come up. Did you? The Malfoy boy wants to avenge his mother. (laughs) Yes, he wants to avenge his mother. Uh, Malfoy's going to turn. He wants you. He wants you before the war and he wants you after the war. You're his contact. You cannot tell anybody. Uh, Minerva, Moody, Kingsley, and Snape all know about it. Nobody else. Oh, and you have to be willing which I also respect that that like Draco was like, this is the clause. I'm not don't force anybody like I'm not about that. They have to willingly come to me. Yeah, like that. That's that's fucked up. That's fucked up. Uh, so we these flashbacks are are all like pretty intense. Right. So we we have a lot really kind of in the beginning, like Harry has to believe in a life after this. You know, Hermione is very jaded. You know, bravery and friendship aren't enough. Uh, she has really lost her friendship with Ron and Harry over her wanting to use the dark magic and dark arts more. And it's just, it's not working. The war is losing. Harry and Ginny are like kind of together. They're like fucking a little bit. 
and things are pretty shitty. So they need a break and they think that Malfoy will be the break. And it is. And she has to hide it. And then they have to and they keep shit talking her. You don't know what it takes. You don't. Meanwhile, she's the one that the only reason that they're winning is because of she knows exactly what it takes. And yes, she's jaded. But you have two extremes of people on the order here. You have I don't even want to say like. Hermione is an extreme. She's a realist. She's not completely pessimist, but she's like, we got to get our shit together. We can't just expel Armas and get their wand out of their hand thinking we're going to win a war. And like the other side is like good vibes only. Yeah, it's it's not going to fucking happen. Yeah. Yeah, like that's that's just not how it works like in the real world. It doesn't happen that way. So and then like you have McGonagall being like, you shouldn't do this. I thought you wouldn't do this. You know, where is the line? And Hermione's like, I'm in the fucking hospital. There's no line anymore. Everyone is dying. And you presented this to me. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I don't understand about the four people. Like I say, like the four adults, I'll use in air quotes, um, with Kingsley, Moody, um, Minerva and Snape. They're all like, what happened? What did you do? Why would you do this? Y'all told me to do this. Basically, you told you basically said there's no other choice. This is the only way we'll get ahead. And the four of y'all are the only people who are openly admitted like admitting that you what you're telling me is not what you're telling everybody else who's actually on the ground fighting that there's not a chance in hell we're actually going to win this yeah and and the the secrecy ends up fucking over everybody everybody at the end which is just so frustrating oh my gosh because snape knows everything and like snape's a triple agent right so this like snape meeting that hermione has where we learn about like the new the new curses like the acid the acid curse and this is where snape is like yo 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 yo. look look here's the thing i know you're gonna meet draco in two days the dark lord cannot leash him he has a motive that nobody knows what the fuck it is. So, like, he might have had, like, a fascination with you in school or whatever. You might be able to use that. But, like, I don't know. You need to hold his interest, though. Keep him loyal. Because uh, he's he's going to be the linchpin here. We, we need this. And Hermione was, like, reading about being a femme fatale and a spy and all of this stuff. And it just goes straight out the window when she sees Draco. Unless this... Shack, I which I say like I love this shack. The shack is such like a like a like a, whew, um. But this, whew. it's theirs. That's, it is theirs. It, that's a, it's just like that's what I like about Whitecroft. And even when you know later in the book where she's just kind of she's drunk or she's not lucid or like she's endangered. Whenever she needs to apparate. She keeps showing up at this shack in Whitecroft, and she even says, like, I don't know why I keep showing up here. It's just like when, um, you know, when Abrax- when Manon tells Abraxos, take me somewhere safe, and he takes her to Dorian. Yep, it's it's the best. It's the best. Uh, this meeting isn't the best. This meeting is, like, very, like, woo, kiss me. Uh, you know, I won't touch you yet. I just want company. Uh, woo. Uh, you know. Vibe check. It's a vibe check. It's a vibe check. Checks her mental shields. Says, you know, all about the occlumency. Gives her the ring. Stop. Stop it. I'm going to be sick. 
I mean, this is this is such a key, even though it's a flashback, uh, flashback, if you didn't know what was going on before, this is the plot. Uh, it would be a problem if you were picked up and found that this little shared arrangement is in your mind, like they're practicing. She's been organizing things. Swear it. I'm yours. Like, this is where, like, everything, if it ha- like, everything's clicking from what we know from present day of what's going on. Oh, my God. It, this is it. This is why she has, like, those few cover memories. Ugh. Oh, my God. Okay. The ring. The ring. Uh, it burns if it has to meet. Twice if it's urgent. Uh, the wards in the house will let me know when you're here, and they will meet in the mornings on Tuesday. Uh, my goodness. So what really happens is is... Essentially, in these flashbacks are training sessions uh, that start with occupancy and then go to like hand to hand and then just go to sex, which is very fun. And um, in dueling, just like mm-hmm. even without the hand to hand, it was just like magic dueling because he's giving her the resources ultimately is like. I want to make sure that you're prepared and through those interactions that they're having regularly and even healing because that becomes a part of like how they get to know each other and kind of open up a bit more. Um, It's the tools. It's ultimately the tools that Hermione needs to constantly get her out of the situations because she's not on the front of the lines. She's behind the scenes, like in the hospital healing and he is the reason she is able to save herself so often. And it's we have little little nuggets here. Um, so like he, so Draco, you know, kisses Hermione to distract her during her occlumency lessons. And uh, there's you know pain potion conversations. You have to take it if you have occlumency. You'll pass out if you apparate. How do you know that? Bellatrix trained me. Uh, you know, while I was crucioed, it was really terrible. Uh, you know, Draco, do you do you want a confession for something? Do you want me to talk to you? I don't know. Do you? You know, all of these, all of these like little little things. Like, um, also the vampires are coming from Romania. Hey, can you get me this book I really want? Uh, and then we're moving on to April. And April is like, Draco, there's no plan B. Like, we will fight until no one is left. And it is here where the orphanage is found out and Hermione spends all of that time evacuating all of those kids, right? And then, and then, and then Hermione is, is werewolf, is the werewolf attack, right? Um, she's, she's there with the kids and she's trying to save them and she's there with the app, the, the werewolf attack and she apparates to the shack. And, and this is where we have Draco. He's like, the fuck, Granger? What are you doing here? I love that. I love that so much. She's like the fuck, Granger. Like what? Oh my god! And she, there's, she's like, like this is the first place that I went to. Hold your horses. I'll clean up my bloody mess. I'll be out of the way. Like I know how to heal myself. I just give me a second because I don't have the energy or the power to like get to the next place. I actually have to operate to. Yeah. And, and and Draco goes white. Obviously, he's like, oh my god, oh my god. Um. And he's like, you know what? Fuck this. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna train you how to fight. How do they let you out? This is irresponsible. Like, fuck them. Uh, and then through these uh, sessions, they have lots of really good banter. 
Uh, and then they have a fight, though, where Hermione says, like, you know, you're just the same as Voldemort. Like, fuck you. Like, I don't understand what is going on, but you two are the same. And Draco loses it there. That is that is not an okay comparison. Yeah, because he she knows him one way. Again, the only way that he's ever showed her for the last however many years since they were 11. And she has no idea. Like, he says he's avenging his mother's death, but she doesn't know. She doesn't know. Like, everybody's still very cautious about any ulterior motives that he might have with the Order. Yeah, very cautious. Because they also say, which I think is, of course, shitty on the... um, the order per usual um that they're like they didn't believe that he could want to avenge his mother's death because she had been dead for so long and he even says my bad i didn't know you could put like a timeline on grieving yeah yeah exactly exactly oh my gosh that's so good so after after that fight and he like kind of demands like get out they there are periods where Draco and Hermione just don't see each other because one or both of them feel really awkward about it and they just like can't deal with it. Um, this is one of those times. But this is where Ginny and Harry start fucking. And this is also where where Draco is the one that shows up to the shack and he is wounded because he just became the alpha of a werewolf pack because he cannot stand that Hermione was attacked by a werewolf. So he went out and he fought the werewolf and became the alpha of the goddamn pack so that they do not attack her. I love how she's confused. She's like, you know you're not a werewolf, right? Like She's, so- she's like, why are you doing <laughs> this? <laughs> Oh, it's too funny. And he's like, yeah, well, I blew up his eye. You know, it's like, hey, it is what it is. I, you're, you're safe from that now. Like, hey. And then, and then, um, thus begins the cycle of the two of them healing each other on and off and the bond that forms between that. And, and, um, I, I really love, I love that. I love that so much. This is also, this is also where when Hermione goes back, to Grimmauld Place, she recognizes that her room has been moved a little bit, and she's like, oh, Creature must have cleaned. This is when Creature was snooping in her room and like got the materials that she had, the notebooks and stuff that she had uh, written about Draco so that Draco could read them, and it was all her like psychological notes and stuff. And then Draco was so upset by all of this that their next session was like hexy, and he hexed the shit out of her over this. Um, emotions all the emotions because they like you said they do go back and forth so often oh you know because we even get to i mean and we're gonna get to it where um they kiss well she's like she's like well you know what can't say i didn't show up because i was here every single time so he he wasn't and then when he realizes they're in the wrong because they both go back and forth saying like i fucked up i was a little too harsh and i definitely took it out on you like i like that acknowledgement there. They might not be communicating. They might not have the best communication, but they're communicating in the way that they know how to based on the circumstances at the moment. Yeah. And the circumstances at the moment are that Ginny's asking for the pregnancy potion. We get the full memory. Eh, Not cool. And she says that the hospital is worse than the battlefield. And we also have Hermione, um, 
trying to like duel. She knows that she's terrible. Um, and Draco telling her about the anti-apparition wards, that the world is going to get like closer and like smaller. She has to be more careful. She needs to start working out. She gives her, he gives her a fitness routine, right? And he gives her the book that she asked for that was about horcruxes um, and also tells her this is the moment this is the moment this is also where draco tells hermione that voldemort is going to be out of the country so that if there was a coordinated attack on the prisons the response would be less cohesive and he hesitates to tell her that because he thinks that he is going to be killed right after this and like she and he thinks that she knows and the order knows and like everybody knows but she does not know and that's why he hesitates here and it's just like oh my god draco the faith that the and he was ready he's been ready this whole time like he is i, I don't want to say self-sacrificing but he just knows it's bigger than all of this he sees the bigger picture yeah, it is. It is so much bigger. It is just so crazy because there is an enormous prison break on all of uh, the prisons and the curse division. Uh, this is in late June before uh, this happened in May. It'll be late June before Draco and Hermione meet again. And this is the ritual. This is where Draco, um, she's like, you look awful. Um, you know what happened? I didn't think about the consequences for you. I, I didn't think about it at all. Um, you know, fuck off, Granger. Don't pretend to care. Why are you surprised? Of course I got punished for this. Everyone expected it but you. Um, and this is the the runes that are cut into his bones. Um, wild shit. And the runes that had sat there for um, a month. Untreated. Untreated. And because it's dark magic... It seeped into the bones and essentially has become part of his soul. So when it cuts, when that happens with dark magic, it cuts your lifespan. And he's like, he has 10 years max because, but like, let me see if there's a way that I can isolate this by, tr like by treating him. But this isn't going to be like our once a day training. Like they keep with their training schedule. I think it's like Tuesdays at whatever time. And then they were like, but this will be an every night thing at eight o'clock and I will be here at eight. And, and then, you know, it's war. So they were like, I will wait a couple minutes. If you can't be there at that time, I will come back basically 12 hours later at that same, you know, at the, at that time um, and wait for another five minutes there. Cause like we all got shit going on and we also all have roles to play in this. And, and I just want to mention what Draco's runes say. They say, and Draco picked all of these runes himself. And that's Hermione's like, there's just so many. He's like, I had to, I had to pick them so that he couldn't pick any to fuck up the plan. Like, I, it had to be this way. The runes are unhesitating, cunning, unfailing, ruthless, unyielding, and driven to succeed. And it is because of this ritual that Draco is able to operate across continental Europe. Whew. Whew. Uh, Draco also says, 
Also says during this this agreement to be treated for his runes that Hogwarts is going to be turned into a prison and that they're building a Sussex research facility. And and that that's um that's pretty bad. That's that's not good. That's not good at all. At all. Um the heart of Isis. How do you feel about that? I love it. I think it's funny. I can't remember who she got it from, but they were like, this is supposed to be meant for Harry when he goes through X, Y, Z or what have you. But the thing with Heart of Isis is it's to help heal like the darkest, like the dark magic in your core. But because uh, Harry refuses to use dark magic, this, that, the other thing, Hermione's like, well, not going to have this go to waste. And how dare anybody think that, that Draco doesn't deserve this? Because the only reason we have a leg up in this war right now is that we have his insight. He saved an orphanage. Like, he is clearly make, trying to make amends and do better. Like, why wouldn't you want this to go somebody who's deserving and has no control of the cir- other circumstances going on right now? So she took it upon herself and she was like, I did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have Hermione sad stone creek stacking and Draco being like, you have to be very careful foraging. Look, the war is going to be over in a year. Hey, BT dubs, I've been given like a manticore. What the fuck should I do with a manticore? Hermione's like, you got a manticore? Oh my God, bleed it. Use it for armor. Use it for weapons. All of this shit. And Draco's like, all right, bet, 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 but bet, do bet, it bet, humanely. Bet. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right, all right. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, th- and then we just have, again, um, we have just these these scenes. We have like dueling practice with water. And we have little tidbits of Draco like quoting human poets. Draco talking about how he killed Colin Creevy. But when you actually think about it, he was trying to do the right thing if he had just run. That's what Hermione does a lot with the conversations. She kind of reflects on the things that like the conversation she's had with Draco. And she thinks one thing. And once she reflects on it, she goes, wait, wait, wait. He said certain things. He didn't do this intentionally. He didn't want to hurt people or he tried to give a quick out like he tried to get creepy to like Colin creepy to like run but he turned back he was like he stalled and his like she's like oh my god we've had it all wrong the whole time so this psychoanalysis that she's had on him um with this like in her notebook that she had that we know that creature found she's like it's all bullshit gotta throw it out the window none of it makes sense anymore i don't even know what his motive is Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Especially when Hermione is sad and gets drunk under the bridge and Draco finds her. And, you know, he takes her to the shack because she says Voldemort. And he's like, you know what? You know what? Like, I was assigned to your parents. Oh, my God. Was he ever? I was assigned to your parents. Like, she, you know, I'm taunting you with killing. I want to make sure that you hate me. Um, You know, is is what it what is happening? Like, and and this is where um, this is kind of where. Hermione is like, listen, like Colin was the beginning of the end for me. Like I never got over Colin. Like Harry disagreed with everything. He was the first death, the first one that died in my arms. Like it was never the same. Um, and and it is it is in it is here really in August 2002 
where Hermione really understands that Draco is doing penance for something. Uh, and the ruins were there for like remorse, like something, something was going on. Um, poor boy and his mommy. It's just his mom. Like, I just, I just wish people put more stock in grief. Yeah. A lot of times I kind of just, it's mentioned and then on to the next. Cause a lot of some people just don't know how to handle grief. Yeah. Yeah. Or don't know how to handle the conversation surrounding it. Yeah. They, they just can't. They just can't. It's just, oh my God. It's, it's quite something. Uh, here we have, we have this, this whole long memory. Um, Ginny has been hit with a necrosis curse on the cheek. Ron had to cut it out. It is, it is all of this. This is Harry yelling at Hermione. Like you thought it was good. That Ginny, you were thinking like, oh, I can use this. You weren't thinking about your friend. Like, oh, my God, you're a bitch. Ron was right. Well, this is also the part where I don't know. I laughed because Harry was like, Ron had to do everything. and I just stood there. In what world? <laughs> Again, me with my Ron slander. Ron did everything. Not him. That that's the only reason why I know this book is AU is because <laughs> there's no way that Harry would have just stood there. But it's also this that had him be like, oh my gosh, I love her. I don't want to kind of be like I don't want to just be fuck buddies with her. Like I'm in love with my best friend's sister. Yeah, who also kind of looks like my mom. I've never gotten over that. Um yeah, yeah. And he's like, you know, why did you why did you comfort him? Like, he's supposed to be one of your best friends. Like, you, I don't know you. And Hermione's just like, what the fuck, man? Like, I'm trying to do the best that I can. Um, so then she goes, Hermione's like, all right, fine, fuck this. And she goes to Snape. And this is where Hermione has it out with Snape. And she's like, yo, you knew. You knew about Draco and his injury. And Snape's like, yeah, I had to get the fucking venom. Of course I knew. Everybody fucking knew. But you. And and she's like, well, all right. Okay, fine. Fine, 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 fine. Um, she asks about Naris- uh, Narcissa and confirms all of that information. And then she confirms that um, the, sword of Do- the Sword of Gryffindor has basc- basilisk venom in it and can be used to... Uh, destroy horcruxes she confirms that uh with snape which is like yeah all right cool interesting stuff he didn't know that uh that just that makes me laugh i i like i know it's i i know it's a fanfic but it's like come on snape really (laughs) really okay okay but he did he does drop a little bit of lore about draco he's like look um if you make draco need you he will never let you go. Like the 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 Malfoy men are possessive, like dragons. Like they will never let you go. And it's like say less, say less, right? Like you <laughs> want me to be upset about this? Yeah, no, no, no. Say but less. then okay. But at the same fucking time, once they do finally start hooking up, um, because genuinely hooking up, not just like this. Oh, I'm gonna lure you with my feminine wiles. Um, he then he gets mad at her. What did you do? Whoa, whoa! You told me to do whatever I needed to do. I did it, and now you're mad that I did the thing you told me. To. Like I just I don't understand 
how none of them were in her corner. They were mad that she did the choice that they asked her to make. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's just like, you know, um, you and the whole argument is like, well, you're not out there. You don't see what's going on. Like, you know, you avoid the fighting. That's why we aren't like, essentially, that's why we're not friends anymore. Like we're torn apart. You resent me for all of this. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. But then like Harry comes and apologizes after all of this. Like he comes and apologizes to Hermione and this is, and Hermione fucking hates it because he apologizes as like a colleague. Like he, he insulted her as a healer and not like a friend. It's like, what? Fuck you. And then he's like, we're all going to go out to the bar. Do you want to go? No, that's not the way he handles any situation. Like, he's like, hello, old chap. Can't wait to be friends again. I'm sorry. And she's like, we you're sorry. You're you're apologizing for, like you said, the professional thing. We haven't been friends in years. You have pushed me out. And now you want to say, like, I want to go back to how it used to be. It's not how it used to be anymore. Yeah. It's not even close to how it used to be anymore. It is just fucking wild. Um, but but now we have and are up to uh, Hermione going to heal Draco and the final healing of the ruin, the runes, uh, the final. Yeah, the final healing of the runes. And he gets smashed. And I love it. Yeah, and she, because she says, like, hey, this is going to be a longer process, um, bring some alcohol. And she was like, you know what, I'm going to bring the cheap stuff so he could just learn his lesson if he doesn't bring his own. He finishes, like, two handles of whatever. And then they keep drinking after. And she wasn't going to drink. She's like, no, I'm not sure. He's like, I'll even call you Hermione. Hermione. Like, the taunting. He's so, like, he's so, I mean... Again, how she hasn't folded before this. <laughs> yeah. How do you not fold? How do you not fold? He conjures a love seat, right? Uh, he's like, thank you, Hermione. You know, you're love. And, and then the the quote, the quote. You're like a rose in a graveyard. You're like a rose in a graveyard. Or if, oh, because there's a, I feel like there's a, a couple going on. And then he goes, if you don't want me to kiss you, you should tell me now. Like, she's like, all, all of it. Just this whole section. He's touching her hair and takes down her hair. It's so long. Oh, my God. And they have a massive, I'll use their word, snogging session. Love it. Oh, and she also notices that Draco is ambidextrous here. But yeah, that's important. And that'll that'll come up later. Um, They fall asleep together awkwardly on the love seat. I love it. Um, it, It's, they're, they're like really, they really have, they really have something, um, but but Draco's afraid of it. He's terrified because, and he's terrified because we know he hasn't felt anything like this, caring about somebody uh, since his mom, and he already knows what happens with his mom. His mom was his weakness, and he doesn't. He's like, I never, and he never counted it into his life either. I think that's in like one of his speeches. He's like, I didn't plan for you. I had this whole other agenda, basically going to be self-sacrificing, and then you showed up, and now I'm turned on my head, and 
I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. So when they wake up the next morning, tangled in each other's robes, even though all they did was like make out, they're like, this is really awkward. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go now. And then they don't see each other for, for weeks, weeks, for weeks. But, but, and Jess, I know you and I talked about this. Hermione goes back to Grimo place and Ron is like, what happened to your hair? It looks way better when you braid it back. Oh, but it's just like, we we just want to keep hating on the order because we just love Draco in this so much because he's just embracing Hermione as she is and the person who she's become. And that's also part of the reason why she tells him that she's falling for him. She's like, you don't see me as like the way you want to see me, the way the order does. They have this certain um, perception of Hermione in their head. She's like, you accept me flaws and all. And I know I can be this and I know I can be that. And you make me feel appreciated and listen to me like that doesn't happen. And you don't like it's nice to not be on this lonely island alone. And speaking of lonely islands alone, Hermione has to go straight to Shell Cottage after this, where she has to heal Graham Montague. (sighs) The origin story of this asshole. Yeah, the origin story of this asshole. It's absolutely terrible. He says, I'll remember you. When we win, I'll ask for you. You'll be mine. <sighs> he taunts her. But I will say, we have um, Fleur's sister. She is femme fatale all across Europe, luring them. And like, it's, and, and Hermione has her speculation. She's like, she's sleeping with these guys. And then once they're passed out, she like gets all the information she needs and maims them. Yes, and, and maims, maims them. them. And this is also some behind the scenes order stuff that the quote unquote adults know that's happening. Um, Kingsley included. And so he's leading the order, but like I'll say like the younger generation doesn't. So the younger generation is all like, oh my gosh, like good vibes only. If we believe we'll win the war, we'll totally win. And they have this other stuff going on where they're I don't I don't want to say they're they're getting their information unethically, but it's a war. I guess that's the best way you can go about it. Um, and again, they want to shit on Hermione and her questioning things on how to handle the situation. And they're like, you don't understand. She's like, y'all don't even know what's actually going on. Yeah, you don't know what is going on at all. Uh, you have all of this secret you know, prison that Bill and Floor take care of. Uh, all of these uh, interrogations that are happening that everybody says are like from snatchers, which we know is a lie, which comes back to bite everybody in the ass later. Um, there is a vampire attack that Hermione is uh, a victim of. And where does she go? Bam, right to the right to the shack. And this is where she learns that Draco can apparate silently, which means that every time he makes a crack is a courtesy, which is just another little thing for him. Um, but he's like, what happened to you? What happened? She's like, see, I was never here. I'll clean up everything. It's totally fine. He leaves and comes back with like a blood um a replenishing potion. She's like, why do you have this? He's like, I'm a general. Blah, 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 blah. I'm a general. Uh, so that when he, when they see each other again in September and he gives her a massive amount of Dittany, she, he's like, I can do whatever the fuck I want to. Like, I can, here, here, take this. And she's like, well, shit. Okay. God damn. And then he also, also take this shielded cloak. Take it. Take it, please. Like, my God, he's worrying about her so much. 
Yeah, he's 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 definitely he has so many acts of service or, or love languages because it is acts of service. It is gift giving, but he can't let her know where he feels emotionally with her. But when she's in peril and she's showing up to the shack like he his whole world he's like he's awakened but then when she has a bad day and goes to the shack he's like i can't just the award the wards go off and i worry for you because it's also this moment that she recognizes every time um moving forward when they meet each other he does like a full up and down analysis to make sure that she's like in one piece yes he's always checking her for injury and it is after this where we start dance lessons our dance lessons start. Uh, this is also where the Don't Die Draco, only because you asked, starts. This is also where the sessions get longer and we have um, the warning that Sussex, Sussex is working on something to stop prisoner rescues. Of course, we know what those are exactly. And it is December 2002 where Draco comes covered in vampire bites. Why? Because Hermione was just attacked by all of the vampires in the forest. He's got to take care of that, too. And she just isn't putting it together. Um, she's like, is he punishing himself? It's like, no, Hermione, he's taking care of you. <laughs> um, but this is the the memory that Hermione has of Draco, where he wakes up and he grabs her by the throat and like picks her up and slams her down. And they almost kiss over that. And she's like, huh. This is not scary. This is arousing. Hmm. Mm. Goodness. Write that down. Yeah. <laughs> this, I hope this doesn't awaken something in me. It's like, okay. And and this is also where Draco is like, look, man, like the what is going on? Like, you know, you have no line that you won't cross. Like all of the dark creatures are coming. Like, you know, this isn't about blood purity, like all, all of this stuff, all of this stuff. They have like a little kind of like a little sexual moment. And then it's bam, Christmas. Uh, what what were their Christmas gifts? <sighs> they were so thoughtful and i love how they both try to like play it off so she comes from the um she was having christmas with the weasleys like they do her and harry get into another fight they have it out um so he says awful things to her she calls him out on his bullshit as she should um doubting her loyalty to the order to the resistance and basically like Ginny is like now that i'm fucking harry like i do feel like some sort of loyalty to be like why are you pushing harry away like you're just trying to and she's like that's not what this is like that's that's not what this is but they operate to well she hermione operates to their shack her and uh, draco's shack and she's like hey so like I do this for all my friends, but I made you a little first aid kit um, with all these little potions. Like, she's like, this is some salve. This is from painkillers. This is this, that, the other thing. She they, she also notes, she's like, okay, like, yeah, I make this for my friends every year. Only the girls use theirs. The boys are just like, I'm a guy. And they don't acknowledge it. And she's like, but I did make his, like, a really good first aid kit with all her potions. Like, I jazzed it up. And... So he gives her, because he gives her weapons, different like miniature daggers that are dipped in manticore blood. And 
that she can use for her protection and more importantly that they're accessible on her at all times because they he wants to make because he was asking about her wand and why isn't it always accessible it should always be ready on you and she's like i have an 11 inch wand like do you see my forearms like i'm five foot um and he's just always finding a way to protect her and he says but she's looking at it like oh my gosh like he has no idea how much all of these are worth like i can buy i can sell these and i can buy the things that i need and he gives her the stipulation and also those are only for you you can't sell them you can't do this you can't do that like these are a present for your use only Yes, for your use only. And he says, you're very expensive, Granger. And of course, he says that in present day as well. And and yes, you are absolutely right about Christmas. Uh, Molly gives uh, Hermione a Slytherin green jumper that Ron is like all up on her ass about. Uh, this is where the picture is taken. The picture at the very end of the book. This is this is here. Uh, it's really it's a really terrible thing. Um Harry basically apologizes to Hermione as a friend and Hermione breaks up with him essentially as a friend. And like, uh, yeah, they have like a friend breakup for sure. Yeah. A huge friend breakup. Like you abandoned me. You want to kill people. It's like, don't you know what happens when we lose love trumps all like, no, it's not light. If you keep letting people die to keep your hands clean, like you can't keep doing this. How dare you? How dare you say my parents were wrong? How dare you say Sirius was wrong? Ron's right. You are a bitch. Like, it's terrible. It's terrible, terrible, terrible. And then like right before this, we had fucking Angelina in the hospital being like, you're different. I, I didn't like notice it before, but you're different. Like you have to feel victory. You have to see yourself on the other side. Light always wins. Like if we, if we use dark, we'll become the monsters. Like, it's like, no, you no, which is why when Angelina is in the beginning of the book and she sees Hermione and she says, you were right, we were wrong. It's such a gut punch because she's preaching to her here and she's wrong. I mean, that's the whole order, though. That's yeah. what is so frustrating about the order is they I, I, it's just like what's what's the expression? History is doomed to repeat itself if like you're not aware of it. They're using the same methods that they did the first war in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. Okay, okay. <sighs> Moving on from Christmas, we have another expansion on the Snape love potions uh, memory. And of course, love potions uh, smell like what you're attracted to. And for Hermione, it's like spicy oak moss, cedar, and papyrus. And that is what Draco smells like love that so much um but in this memory snape tells us that like draco's climbing rank like he's climbing rank he's climbing rank fast we think he's gone rogue he is torturing death eaters like what is what is what is going on here and it's like oh well he's we know he's trying to get his his dark mark off um you know, and then it's like, you know, Draco is deadly without the manacles of his servitude to the Dark Lord. Imagine if he didn't have them. Uh, you know, we all expected him to be killed in June and we didn't tell you. Um, and Hermione now says, like, I saved his soul with the heart of Isis. And then this is where Snape gives her, like, the, the deal. You have one month 
to leash this boy or or it's out or you're done. You are considered compromised now because of your relationship with Draco. So like, I'll give you an or an hour to warn him, but unless you leash him in one month, we're, we're giving him up and this is done. Which I like that they, they're getting closer. I think it's like week three because week four is like the following week, but week three, she, you know, they're having their weekly training sessions. They're not doing the nightly um, healing routine as frequently because she's done um, healing fully, even though she wants to check on like how everything is um, scarring and such. But she finally breaks down to him and says, like, look, I can't hold it in anymore. And this is kind of I'm really because he knows she's distracted and he's like, you got it. Why are you distracted? And she tells him everything that Laura had just mentioned. And she's like, and I. I didn't know. I want you to know that I didn't know. And he goes, honestly, I knew the whole time. I'm really surprised you didn't. Um, But I figured as much when we had apparated here on like when you came out of here out of the blue and I was asking you what's wrong. And you were like, just a bad day. Just a bad day. January 2003. This is where they have sex for the first time. It's not great. But it's not bad. But it was very abrupt. You, you can use her word. All the, yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. She says abrupt because um, it's tension built for months, for months of like admitting that they've liked each other. They've already like made out. I'm sorry. Snogged. Um, and it's. And it's also her first time because we know in the beginning of the book, she's like, Victor is the only person I've ever kissed. I haven't done more than that. And she's like. Look at the world around us. Like everybody has their own coping mes- co- coping mechanisms. That's just not mine. So she hasn't done anything except kiss, and it was with Victor. And and after they have sex, and Draco realizes that she was a virgin, he is. I <sighs> wrote down devastated, disheveled, and horrified at what he sees. He had no idea. He, uh, that poor man, he's like, you didn't tell me it wouldn't have gone this way. I'm a piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's terrible. It's terrible. He feels so bad about all of it. Oh, my God. Um, But then, but then we have, we have all of this, like, confessions about his mother. He just, like, breaks down and confesses all of his motive for his mother, right? Like, he came home from school at the end of fifth year. His mom was in a cage. She'd been in a cage. Uh, she, and uh, after Dumbledore was killed by Draco, uh, she was out. But, like, she never recovered. And and she uh, cried, you know, in the arms. And he's climbing ranks to try to get her out, to get, like, trusted. He had to earn Voldemort's trust after Narcissa died. He's like, I can't care again. I can't do it again. So if I'm high up in the ranks and everything goes to shit, there'll be massive fallout, Right. Because like I can't get the mark off. So it's it's all it's all of this. It's all of this. Like he he really starts to like dump. And then finally, finally, he's like, All right, fine. I will swear an unbreakable vow vow to you, Hermione. Like after he dumps all of this stuff onto her. Like he's he's finally has someone to talk to. Like it's just my heart is broken. 
And he does it because she's also shared with him everything that she found out that the order had held back on her. She's like, they don't think that you're true to us. And I'm they're going to take you away from me next week. They're going to go after you and they're only going to let me give you an hour of warning. And he's and she and this is such a breaking point in communication for them because she starts telling him secrets, secrets, but like the things that was like classified information, like the horcruxes. And and they're like, you weren't authorized to tell them that. And she's like, everybody needs to shut up. The only reason we're making any progress is because of this guy. So like bygones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so so the vow, the vow from Moody uh, says, like, you can never be a dark lord after we win the war. You have to do, like, the best of your ability, um, you know, to all, all of this stuff. Like, oh, my God. Um, one of my favorite scenes is after Hermione leaves the shack, she goes to Snape because she's, like, disheveled and she's a little bit shaken and, like, everything is just, like, a little bit much for her and she doesn't want to go right back to Grimmauld Place. So she goes to Snape. And Snape is, like, are you okay? Like, he's the he's the only one to be, like, what happened? Are you okay? Do you need to talk about it? Do you need a pregnancy potion? Do you need this? What do you need? And and I like that because no one else, no one else. And he's the only one who's checked in on her for this stuff, too, because you also have, again, we only have four, like, adult uh, order members, um, Kingsley being one of them, to say, it's just kind of be dismissive. And she recognizes this, too. She's like, he stopped calling me. He's stopped calling me by my first name and has distanced himself with me since I've taken on this um, this this project, more or less, with Draco. And he only calls me by my last name. Like he's like disassociate, like he's having like a disassociation with like her as a person. And just like, you're just kind of like a number. And he tries to even say like, oh, you know, in another world, we would have been friends. And she was like, well, we're not in that world. And you're, yeah, a, piece and you're a piece of shit. Speaking of you did this. Yeah. Speaking of you're a piece of shit. You did this. Uh, we are up to Ron being captured. And Harry recruiting Hermione to go get Ron, even though he knows that from her perspective, she hasn't been out into the field. She has no training as far as he knows. Uh, and, and he still, he still, he still takes her there. And Hermione's like, this is a trap. This is a trap. You're all fucking dumb. This is a trap. Why are you doing this? She, she like can't tell Draco. There's nothing that, that can be done. Right. Is this, does she leave a note? She might leave a note here. Does she? I don't think she left a note for this one. Yeah, you're right. I don't think she left a note for this one. Um, she um, she knows that, that that's a trap. She goes in with everybody. Ron's in shackles, right? Like, And this is when her ring starts burning. And, and they're breaking into this house. There's curses flying everywhere. Um, she, she, Hermione, has been separated from everybody. Everyone has gone into their default dueling partners, leaving Hermione completely alone. And this is where Rebastian is there. He's got a knife in the ribs. And Hermione had never seen Draco fight before. And his style was deathly efficiency. He liquefied the ground. 
canceled the curse and let them suffocate into it. Then he created, what, a flock of hummingbirds and sent them barreling into the chests of everyone around him. He killed over 100 people. Obviously, so hot. Um, But this is also when everybody leaves her. um, She's also using some dark magic to fight people off, including some dark magic from a werewolf that was attacking Ron. And it's funny because now when they, you know, when we're going to get to a separate part with uh, with Ron, uh, with Draco and Hermione in a second. But when she does go back to the rest of um, the, the order, they're like, oh, my gosh, she was they were like, did you use dark magic? Where did that come from? Look, I'm not going to question it. You saved our brother. Oh, so now now I'm not persona non grata. You like me now because it worked out for you. But Tonks is on to them. And again, like, I want to get this real quick because I know we're going to go back to the Draco Hermione of it all. Um, she's like, I know you're, I have been watching you fight since you were 11. That is not your fighting style. So who has been training you? Because I, that it can't, you cannot sit here and tell me it was one of us because those people trained me. Yep. And she's like, you're, you're going to have to talk to Moody. I'm not liable. I'm not allowed to tell you that information. Yeah, la, 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 if they la, la. tell you, then we can have. But anyway, let's go back to the important stuff. Hermione and Draco. Hermione and Draco. Go back to the cottage. <laughs> well, and he uses a dark artifact to like suffocate everybody around. He picks up uh, Harry and Ron and everybody and drops them outside the wards. Takes Hermione back to the shack to heal her. Uh, and he uses, he pulls out and uses her healing kit uh, from Christmas in her bag. Uh, it's it's just so, it's so good, right? Like they're they're kissing Right, come back to me. She had earned this. She had earned him. My mother is dead. You're alive. I'll kill them all if they hurt you. You're not expendable. Stop. Stop. I love them so much. I love them so much. <laughs> but also, like the impo- this goes back to the importance that Hermione has with Draco, where she was like, "You had this is more than what I gave you in your toolkit." And the thing that goes back to her toolkit is she spent two hours telling him the importance of like some of the healing properties and why they're important and how to use them. And he listened to her the, the entire time. So when he was like, I was listening to you and I realized that there was a lot of things she, because she was like, you have a whole fucking hospital in this shack. It's like, well, I'm a general. We have a lot of shit going on. We can't just be popping in back and forth if this is going to be our safe, our safe house. Um, and he's like, but listening to you, I realized I was still missing a bunch of stuff. And I kind of added that and integrated that into this thing that, that I had already established. So it's again, like foreshadowing of how they're going to work together in their partnership. And it's such a, it's such a good partnership. A bad partnership is this Harry, uh, Hermione roof memory that we get in full, right? Uh, winners write the history. You know, that girl died with Colin. I saw, I was there with Colin too. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. You never saw how far I go for you. When I was in, I was in. Like, you never noticed. That's on you. Uh, You know, this is who I always was. Get fucked, Harry. Get fucked. What is there to say? Get fucked. He's the worst type of friend here. Like, he's not a friend to her. She's a friend to him. And nobody deserves Hermione except Ginny and Draco at this point. Yes. Uh, Speaking of, uh, 
Hermione starts to feel the after effects of the dark magic that she used to save Ron and she doesn't have anywhere to go. She goes to Draco. Draco gets her and he's in a hoodie and jeans and takes her to a hotel. Jess, how did we feel about this? Oh, I texted you. I was like, he's in a hoodie. I love a good, I love a good hoodie situation. And he was just, he was shocked because also, Leading up into this, um, she had a conversation with Ginny and Ginny was like, don't you have anybody to go to? Like, yeah, I have like Ron has lavender. Everybody kind of has like somebody and you're so alone. Um, and like, how else are you going to get through this war? And poor Hermione is feeling so lonely in this moment where she was going to go to Whitecroft. But then she was like, I made a promise that I wouldn't, I made a promise to Draco that I wouldn't just come here on a bad day. I have nowhere else to go to. And she's so lonely. And he finds her and he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And she's like, uh, because he's, she's basically outside of the house of the magical war, but like she just hasn't triggered the magical wards yet. So he was like, what? What, hold on. And he just sweeps her up and brings them to their hotel, his hotel room in the muggle world. And she was like, where are we and how much money do you have oh for real for real uh and because they're in a really expensive like five-star hotel and drago's like i can do the muggle world it's fine like the concierge does not ask questions if you have enough money so it's fine it's fine i like how she also he's like it's easy to blend in and her internal dialogue she's like have you seen that boy there there isn't who thinks he blends in he is so beautiful yeah, he does not blend in. Not at all. Um, but Hermione's sad and she's cold and she's lonely. And, and what does Draco say? Draco says, use me. I can take it. You don't want to be lonely. Use me. Um, I wanted it like this with you. I'm sorry it wasn't. They have beautiful, beautiful sex here. It's like, it's really lovely. I ruined so much of this for you. You get to have this. Like, Draco. Draco. Chapter. 54 superiority because <laughs> this is this book's chapter 54 also and i texted you and i was like i've i'm i've never cried during a sex scene except for i guess you know chapter 54 in akamath or no that's chapter 55 but chapter 54 is just the communication of it all and in this chapter 54 we get both we get the communication we get like them essentially saying like if we're doing this we're doing this and they are they are doing this. You're mine. I will take care of you. I'll take care of you now and after. You don't have to be alone anymore because you're mine. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. Ah, it's so sweet. It's so sweet. And then they just talk. They talk and talk and talk. And she's like, you know, you did this and it made me feel like this. And he's like, how did you heal me like this? And she says their communication, it feels like their souls were touching the way their intimacy there. I want to read this whole thing again after we finish. <sighs> And and then um <laughs> and then you know they're they're talking a little bit more and little things she's like yeah there's I need to go Draco I need to take a shower like I need to leave um she's like oh there's a tub I'd like to sink in the tub little detail she hates the tub uh, you know in present day and then he's like you know you're so thin we're both so thin he's like yeah I was worrying about you he's like I just I trained you I did all of this stuff I just wanted you to live when I was dead. 
So that's, that's all I wanted. Um, and she's like, you know, I'm, I'm always going to choose the order. Like the order is important to me. I know it's not important to you, but it's important to me. I want to make the world that I needed when I was a kid. And Draco does not see a life after the war. He is still in a hundred percent like self-sacrificing mode here. Um, it is just, oh my gosh, it is just. One of the best moments, I think, in, in this book. These sweet, yeah, sweet moments between the two of them. Where are we? We are, we're up to 24 Harrys being polyjuiced, 24 Harrys um, sitting on a tree. And that whole fucking situation at Tonk's Cottage, like, it's, it's a disaster, right? Like, um, Harry, like, I didn't know it would be like that. Ron is like transforming. Fred has lost his ear. It's, it's a massive, massive attack. And it's after this, uh, where Hermione and Draco like immediately go to the cottage and they like meet each other immediately and immediately start kissing. And that's when it's like, um, I want to see you more. I'll get you out. We'll run away together. That it's right after the, the, the polyjuiced Harry's that it's like, no, 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 I, we're going to get out. We're going to get out. We're going to run away together. <sighs> yeah. It starts there. Your mind. Like, and this is like, it's just like, there's so many repetitive quotes because you go from, you're finding out the origin story from them and you're seeing them in present day. Also the, your mind, um, your mind, Draco is always coming for me. You swore yourself to like all these little things that you're just like. And Draco's always fighting for her is a huge thing because the order is all about it, like they put wh what Hermione does and what she's doing for the cause on the wayside, even though she's the only reason that things are getting done. And Draco's mad for her. If she can't be bad for her, he's like, who's taking care of you? Who's making you a priority? Because it's not anybody else. Like, good. At least, yeah, maybe he, you know, maybe the Malfoys are obsessive, like, and p obsessive and possessive like dragons. But, like, thank God somebody is. Yeah, thank God somebody is because nobody else is. Uh, we're up to April 2003. Draco calls often. Your mind will always come from you. This is the scene where Hermione's like, tell me about your mother. These are the memories that get just obliterated by Lucius later on. But this is like all, all of the details. Like I, I hesitated killing a little girl and I punished. So the, the Voldemort punished my mother instead right in front of me. I never saw anybody be tortured before. Like, um, you know, let me get you out. Draco, I won't break. You would break if I hadn't trained you. No one is looking out for you, Jess, just like you said. Uh, I, then here is the discovery that the shackles uh, now suppress magic so that they have been upgraded. Uh, Ron has shackles on. It is a whole thing. It is a whole thing. And this is also where Hermione is telling Draco about the Horcruxes. She's she's kind of like just said, fuck it. I'm telling you everything, as you said, Jess. And she says, you should also wear body armor, right? Like, uh, I will take care of you. This this is killing. You're killing yourself. Like you you have to you have to stop. <sighs> it just it doesn't let up from here on out. <laughs> no, it gets. I, I want to say it gets worse, but you're, it's just, you can't read fast enough. You're, 
you you want to take it all up. You want to take it all in um, because it doesn't feel like it's almost like they're creating this fantasy of running to away together with each other because they're and they're sharing it with each other because they know it's not reality. Yeah. Like they have to live in their fever dream. Because the reality is May 2003. This is the Surrey attack. This is where Shacklebolt ends up being killed by uh, Malfoy. This is where uh, there's a huge attack. Lavender ends up dying. Ron goes nuts. Um, Hermione ends up holding on to Shacklebolt when he apparates and doesn't mean to. This is where she's hit on the chest with an acid curse and she has a vampire bite. She goes back to Grimmauld Place. Padma misdiagnoses her and she continues to work. This is where Creature kidnaps her. Potter's mudblood is still working. Potter's mudblood is still working. You know that's just Draco being like, go get her. Go get her now. And he's like waiting for an answer. And Hermione's just like, I'm going to distract myself, even though she knows she's dying. And they, we find, and that's confirmed after this that she only had like a couple minutes left. And nobody was answering Creature until he apparates her. And you know, because again, nobody was looking out for Hermione. Yeah. Nobody was looking out for Hermione. Um, uh, Kingsley's dead, Hermione. I killed him. You are mine. I saw you cursed. I turned around and saw you cursed. I couldn't do anything. You would have let yourself die. Here's the quote. I will personally raise the entire order if anything happens to you. Uh, here's where we get Topsy. Here's where we get Topsy. Topsy? Topsy? Because we're at Malfoy Manor. Uh, this is where we learn that, you know, all the blood ties about Creature. Um and why he ended up hexing her that one time, that creature's been, you know, with him for about a year, and that he's doing all of this for you, Hermione, all of this. Um, and this is, again, I'm tired, Hermione. I'm tired. Like, And can you blame the guy? No. Like, this poor man. No. Because they were confirmed in their 20s. Yeah, like, my God, like, They're not kids anymore, yeah. I'm tired. Uh, you know, Draco, don't leave me alone in this house. I won't, Hermione. Like, oh my God. <sighs> uh, still in May 2003, Draco researching inheritance laws because of the strange relatives, you know, can't get that. But uh, there's a lot of interest, Horcruxes. You know, who does that vault go to? Of course, we know there's a Horcrux in there. Um, this is where Hermione in Malfoy Manor uh, goes to the library. This is when all the portraits are told to hush. Uh, can I touch the books? This is they operate from the house in the same foyer that she operates into in the beginning. And this is where Hermione finally admits to herself that she is in love with Draco, but she does not say it. Always say it. Just always say it, right? Ugh. It hurts. It hurts thinking about it. It does. It does hurt thinking about it. Uh, Hermione goes back to Grimmauld Place, and this is where she says, I won't lower my voice. We're going to build a fucking bomb. I'm done with this. I'm done with this bullshit. We're going to build a bomb, and and it's, it's going to get done. And then in June 2002, Draco finds the goblet. They've got the Sword of Gryffindor, 
and and she stabs it. And this is one of my favorite like little quiet moments. Draco's watching her like analyze the Horcrux and he's watching her stab it and watching the soul go up. Then afterwards, he's like pale and shaking and he grabs her and he's like, never again, never again, like never do that again. It's just like, Draco, God, Draco. <laughs> How do you not? Like, I just can't imagine reading this and not want not being a Dramione fan it's it would be impossible it's impossible it's it'd be like reading this and not crying it is it is impossible just wild shit wild shit here here uh harry i am him when i'm asleep okay harry uh are we talking again which is what i what i like are we talking again harry yeah she was like hi hello yeah, nice nice to hear from you. Okay, fine. Um, but good little information there. Also, Gabrielle is missing. Interesting. Uh, Harry is losing his mind. I mean, I say that like figuratively, but he's untethered, right? Ginny is pregnant and cursed with splatter, splatter great. She's been out of this picture this whole time. Uh, they're dealing with her in isolation while she's pregnant, so Harry can't talk to hers, and Ron is going through his werewolf stuff, so Harry's kind of just like floating all around, and he doesn't know what to do. So he agrees that you can make a bomb to get into Hogwarts. Here is where Lucius Malfoy is recalled to England. Something is coming and Draco is becoming less available. This is where the pit in my stomach really starts to get uh, nice and tight. And he tells her, too, he's like, hey, look, I'm not going to be as available. Like, this is the thing we love about communication. He's like, my dad's coming back. I want to see you. I want it. But, like, it's just going to be harder for me to get away. And then, like, we know that they have their communication through the ring once, like, if, you know, hey, come if you're available twice, if it's urgent. And he like he calls her and and she calls him like it goes back and forth. And he's like, I can't be here for long. And then they start hooking up at the shack. And she's like, but you said you can't be here for long. Remember that your dad. (laughs) And he's like, I don't care. Like, he's he's just like, I miss you. I want like. They are so immersed in each other. Like, they just, you want them to just be like, I don't know the word. I just, they're just completely engulfed with each other. And it's the sweetest thing. And and in a weird way, you know, at some points, I'm sure people will be like, oh, this is unhealthy. This is like, this is like a really heavy codependency. But like, it, it just, it's so much more than that for this, it feels like. It is. It is. Especially when you take into like, What's happening, the situation, all of it, all of it. I'd run with you if I could. Don't leave me. Uh, you know, they make love. They they start making love, right? Uh, their sex has turned into making love. It's very slow. Uh, you know, that that moment that just that you're talking about is like, Draco, we can't we can't go slow. We have to go fast. You have to go back like things like this. It, there's just it's amazing. Their love story is just so amazing. Oh my God. Um, you know, I, I can't protect you. Um, you know, if you, if you had died with Kingsley, all I would have had, uh, was your note, right? That's what she did leave a note. Um, it's like, we can't, we can't do this anymore. It's just, oh my God. Oh my God. Um, but, but we can though, because this is a war and the bomb is complete and it's going off at 12 noon at Hogwarts on Tuesday. So that's just in a couple of days. And, um, 
Draco, and she's telling Draco about this. And he's like, listen, listen, like, you, you have to come back. Like, we can't let this be the last time. Um, I'm always going to come for you. You're mine. I'm always going to have you. If we win, Draco, this is Hermione talking, you have to run. Like, if this goes well at Hogwarts, Draco, you have to run. Like, I'm going to be tried as a war criminal. I won't be able to protect you. Like, you have to go. And Draco's like, in what fucking world? In what world would we be separated? Like, no, I will. I will not run. I will see you after the battle. He doesn't. And even after the battle, like, she's kind of doing, like, the the science and the tech behind it, right? But he's making her, you're not going to be there. You're not going to be on site, right? And she promises she had no intentions. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Harry comes to Hermione and her, and he's finally like, hey, yo, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill Tom. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, hey, I'm also going to die today, you know, because you were always right, Hermione. You were always right. You need to take care of Ginny, Hermione. Uh, I wanted you to be wrong. That's why I was so mad and mean to you because I knew you were right. So Harry is, Harry's going to die today. So, all right, let's do it. Let's die, Harry. July 1st, 2003. Hermione has a nice little conversation with Miss uh, Madame Pomfrey here. And she's like, hey, 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 what do you mean? Two signatures. What do you mean two signatures? I asked you about this shit. What do you mean? Dumbledore knew. What are you talking about? And uh, she's like, yeah, their uh, first year, there were two signatures. They must have rebonded. Uh, you know, Dumbledore said, it's fine. Okay, whatever. But I didn't tell anybody. That's a horcrux. That's a soul piece. And, um, you know, that sucks. That sucks. Hermione is the only one that can figure it out. She's the only one that knows. So what does she do? She has to go warn Harry that he himself is a horcrux. So she goes to Hogwarts. She does the thing. She does the thing that she said she was not going to do. She goes to Hogwarts. In the meantime, Ron has gotten the diadem. The diadem is uh, that Horcrux has been taken care of. And Hermione says, I have to talk to Harry. I have to talk to Harry right now. And they go get Harry. And she's like, you're a Horcrux. And Harry is like, well, fuck. Of course I am. Yeah, she's asking them to like retreat at this point she's like this changes everything yeah it's it's like it's not gonna work i can get it out of you like let's all regroup like like fall back fall back fall back and harry is like no 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 i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna end it i'm gonna end it here uh so so take care of Ginny because she's pregnant Harry, she's pregnant. You have to live. The baby's going to be born in October. It's going to be named James. Like, come on, you have to live. And Harry is like, nah. <laughs> I'm not going to talk. Well, take care of them for me. Yeah. And then he goes. And then he goes. And it's like, okay. He leaves in the cloak. And he goes. Okay. Excellent. What the fuck is Hermione supposed to do with that? She's just standing there like, fuck, fuck, what do I do? Um, what she does, 
what she does is realize that the prison has been breached, that Graham Montague and all of the prisoners are are coming back to Hogwarts. Um, Neville is there. Neville um, kills Nagini. So that's another Horcrux down. And this is where this is where Harry's hit. This is the confrontation. Oh, the confrontation between Voldemort and Harry. But at the same time, the Death Eaters that are coming, nobody, they see the the resistance that they were like, ooh, we're smart. And then the Death Eaters were like, you thought you were like, you were sneaking up on us, but we knew the whole time. So at this point, like, Hermione knows. She knows that they're going to lose. So now she's in a panic to go and get Ginny and the baby out of the safe house. She's still pregnant at this time. So she goes to, because these are two things happening at the same time. She's running to Draco saying like, we need to get out. We need to get out now. And he's like, okay, we're going to go together. And she's like, no, we have to like, make me these promises. She goes against all the promises. Um, And because Harry is a Horcrux, uh, also happening at the same time, Voldemort keeps uh, doing the killing curse and can't kill him, essentially. So lots of death, lots of disaster. Um, and it's also Hermione trying to get the best of all her world, both worlds, really, um, is she doesn't want to go on without without Draco. And she says, I'm so tired i'm so exhausted of choosing why do i have to keep choosing every single thing but you i'm so tired of that choice i never get to choose you so so yes um hermione is fleeing from hogwarts after lucius uh confirms that harry's alive then then voldemort uh kills him six times and then Draco gets or gets Hermione and she operates into a creek and he almost she almost drowns and Draco stuns her and keeps her there for hours for hours after the war is over and wakes her up and Draco's like look the war is over the Horcrux is the priority and you're getting out you need to leave now and and Hermione's like no I'm not going to leave unless Ginny comes because she's pregnant um I I I have to go get her. She's in the safe house. We have to go get it, get her ourselves. So they go and the safe house, Grimaud Place, is in ruins. And uh, they, she's not there. She's in Sus- She's in Sussex. So Draco goes to Sussex. Su- I cannot say that word. Draco goes to Sussex, blows his fucking cover, gets Ginny, brings her back to the safe house and says like, We've had a good run, Granger, but we were never gonna last. I cry again. My eyes hurt. Stop. <laughs> like he, he's, he's, he's done. Like he's done. Um, I met your terms. Like you have to follow through on these promises. Like floor broke. It's over. It's done. Uh, and then they, they call Snape. They call Snape, and Snape is there. And Snape's like, "All right, I'm gonna watch her. I'm gonna make a vow." I'm going to watch her. She's going to be all right. And you're going to take Ginny Draco and you're going to take her and, and we're going to, we're going to handle this and you're going to wait here, Hermione, and it'll be fine. And Hermione doesn't, Hermione doesn't. Well, she freaks out at first because Draco is the one asking for an unbreakable vow um, because 
he wants to make sure that Snape keeps Snape keeps his word. At this time, Hermione is thinking, "Shit, is that me? You want you're going to hold me to this promise?" Um, because her wheels are already turning because she's already made these bombs, and she was like, "No, fuck this." That I no nobody ever fights for him. I'm fighting for him. I love him. Any like he's not going to get his cover blown because I'm going to kill every single person who was in there that he just interacted with. Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna save Draco. I'm gonna blow it all up. No one's gonna know he was there, and and that's that's how it's gonna be because I'm choosing Draco. I'm gonna save Draco. I need him. And this is the note that she leaves. You know, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love, love you, you. I love you. I love you. Oh, the pit in my stomach. Uh, We are very close to the end of the book here. July 2003, Sussex Lab. Successful. Hermione blows it the fuck up because she is a badass. She earned him. She was going to do this for Draco. Oh, my gosh. Um, The Dementors. The Dementor population in Britain. Who needs it? Fire. Whatever. Dragon. Bam. Done. Gone. Love it. Her Patronus said Otter who? Yeah, Otter who? Dragon. <laughs> Dragon. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Um, but she is, of course, captured. This is the backslide. We know, we know what we know. She's captured by Graham. Uh, you know, there's Hermione does fight. God knows. God knows Draco told us how Hermione fought to get back to him. Um, but she ends up stupefied in a cage and she wakes up to absolute fucking horror. Yeah, she's brought back to the battle at Hogwarts um, where everybody, ev- everybody she knows, loves how they're being tortured. Death Eaters are like, we won. Um, they're drunk, don't know what they're doing. Um, and and the the women are being taunted they're being maimed they're be- like and then umbridge clocks her this is where umbridge clocks her and the moment that she gets uh you know when they're kind of deciphering where everybody's going uh just she kind of sneaks away with her in the prison under and doesn't say anything about that she has her yep so what is this this is Molly, Arthur, Ron, Fred, Charlie, Bill, Tonks, Remus, all hanging from the astronomy tower, dead slash dying. It's very, very terrible stuff. This is also so important because at this point, she, she, as in Hermione, um, we know that she is like a pro uh, occlumency and she's captured. So she's starting to, um, file, organize everything, um, because she needs to hide things and compartmentalize Draco. She needs to compartmentalize things that she has going on with the order. Um, and thank God she does because she's still in the middle of it when she gets the new manacles slapped on her wrists that, um, that, that, like I, I, I want to say isolates her magic, but that's not the word. It kind of cuts her magic off. So she's not able to organize. And the only thing that she has uh, current memories and everything that she's seeing, those are the memories that she is very much um, 
at the forefront of her mind in present day. Yep. She's locking everything that's important to her away. And of course, as Hermione was being taken through Hogwarts, the ring that she's wearing is burning, 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 burning. She keeps thinking, he'll come for me. He'll come for me. He'll come for me. She said it burned over 50 times. And, uh, oh, I'm going <laughs> to. He's so worried for He's her. He's so worried for her. He, he, You have to imagine he found Snape. He found the note. He's he's frantic. He's searching for her. He's activating the ring over 50 times. He has no idea where she is. Um, and then from here, it, it circles back to the beginning. She's in the dark. She's in her cell. She can't speak. She's reciting occlumency or, you know, like potion recipes. Um, you know, she's trying not to break. She's in the dark and the walls were all she had. And that, that is where we end with the flashbacks and we end back up in 60 in chapter 64, present day, June 2005. Hermione remembers it all, all of it, all of it. All of it. He looks older. My God. Um, you know, Ginny's alive. Oh, my God. He was born October 20th, 2003. James Sirius Potter. He's at one and a half years old. You have to get better so that you can go. Um, you were supposed to be out in February. Draco, didn't you look for me? I looked everywhere for you. I killed everyone for you. Oh, my God. <sighs> he raised the order for her. He promised. And then there's it's so emotional because her memories are also t on a timeline wise. She's like, it's all blurry. Everything's blending. But at the same time, she's like, there's this present day Draco that I don't. I have this one memory of where he is sexually assaulting me and he's saying these cruel things. Um but she's also telling him, I tried so hard to find you. And he's like, I know. I'm sorry. It's so emotional. He's like, I, she's like, I tried. I tried to find you. I tried so hard. I tried to get back to you. She's trying to say, like, how she didn't have her wand. She was in the middle of apparating back. And he's like, I know you tried. I know you tried so hard. You like, like Laura said, she was like, the Dementors don't exist in the UK anymore. Um she sank a, a prison, an experimental prison. She killed like 15 werewolves and this. And then even when that went through, she was doing hand to hand comment. He's like, I know that you tried so hard. And they're both just two people who, what did she say? She says that they're the whole time. She thought that they were just like complete opposites when really they're the same person. Yeah, they're the same person. And, you know, Umbridge didn't file you. I looked everywhere except for the place that you were. I, I questioned everybody. I had to bring back their bodies. I, I had no choice. I made a genetic trace. I found your parents. I traveled all over Europe. That's why Voldemort banned me from, from traveling against Europe. He thought I was, you know, building an army. You know, Graham was asking for you. I just let him because, you know, maybe, maybe he knew something that I didn't, but I put a life trace in the ring. So I knew you were alive. I knew you were alive. Um, but like it, Severus is there to get you out, but Voldemort is watching. So, ba so basically, Draco's like, I'm performing. I'm on show. Like, I can only do so much. And this has been happening this whole time. 
It's really something. It's really something. It's a lot. And he's angry with her. She's like, Draco, you're so angry. Are you angry at me? Of course, yes, he is angry with her, but like, not really. He's just angry. Ugh. Yeah, he's, and like, everybody, and everybody's angry because now her memories are back for the most part from what she remembers. And everybody's blaming themselves. If I did this, it would have gone this way. If I did this, or everybody is taking accountability. And angry at the world. Like this, just like you can be angry at the situation because it sucks. You know, there's no other way. Like it's shitty. And they were each other's like little, little glimmer of hope and happiness in a really shitty world that this has turned into. Yes. Yes. And Draco starts pulling away, though. He's, like, so upset about all of this. But he does say, like, look, Snape is coming. Snape is going to take you to Ginny. Snape's been, like, destabilizing the rule. Voldemort's dying. He's breaking all of his promises to the dark creatures. Like, it's happening. It's happening. So here we are again. Uh June 2005, Draco is less and less of himself. His runes are like grinding him down, burning kind of himself away, right? He's got 80 wards on Hermione's room to keep her safe. Uh, she's trying to go to the library. She's trying to research, like, we can do this. Like, there, there's another, there's a way, like, uh, you know, Draco, you're the linchpin. When you die, the, the regime will collapse, but you have to try. Like, you can't, you can't die. I need you, Draco. Don't die. Like, oh my God. My God. I need you too, Draco. Yeah, I know, right? Like, <laughs> <sighs> But then, but then, but then Draco cracks and he, he tells her what happens in like the 16 months. Like, you know, Moody's vow still holds. He, he's like, he's chained to a sinking ship. He, he's, he's never going to let her die with him. Um, and she's like, no, we're going to run away together. He's like, this has always been the plan. It always has to be me. I've got the mark. Even if I didn't, like, it still wouldn't work. This is the best that I can do. What we have in front of us now is a long goodbye, which of course we know he hates. I know, I know, I know. Again, from here, really, it, it's just very sad, tender moments between the two of them, right? Like, um, you know, I promised you always. That's all I have are like, it's just quotes. I love you. I wanted to share my whole life with you. Um, and she's just like, oh, she says, there aren't any exemptions. You promised me always. I tried. You need to try too. You, there aren't any exceptions or expiration dates on always. Like this, this, all, all the sweet, tender moments, all of the one liners, all everything that they share with each other. You're in. You are like, how can I fight for you? <laughs> Yeah, especially like there's a very sweet moment when Lucius is torturing somebody where Narcissa and Hermione are touching hands for the painting. That's very sweet. Uh, again, um, when 
when it's the second trimester and it's confirmed that it's a girl and Draco takes Hermione out in the yard and starts telling her, like, I'd climb this tree when I was a kid and, like, I called for my mom and, like, I did this and I did this. Like, he starts telling her these childhood stories so that she will have something to tell the baby about him because he does not expect there to be there to raise the baby. He's like, Topsy will go with you. Um Oh my gosh. This is also when Hermione wants to start reclaiming sex with Draco because she knows that it was something that was very important to him. Um, Well, and to them together, too, because it wasn't just sex. It was like they got to a point in their relationship where it was just like almost exclusively making love with each other. And they both acknowledge that, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, here it's like, tell your daughter, tell our daughter I saved you both. I never get to choose you. But this... This is when um, Lucius comes with the spoon port key, kidnaps Hermione, and manhandles her, goes through her memory, and just, like, crushes everything. Yeah, he's... See, he had access to... So, basically, he was like, why is my son so infatuated with you? She has her manacles on, so she can't, like, nothing... And she's had... She has her memories back already, so she hasn't been able to kind of file them the way that they were supposed to. And she starts telling him the truth. Like, she's like... She's like, I don't know how to tell you, but, like, Voldemort tortured your wife. And he's like, you're lying. You're a whore. What do you have my son all whipped up about? And at this point, Lucius has already killed uh, Draco's wife, Astoria, because she was just being annoying. So, like, thanks for that. Um, and she start, and he's not being careful with the memories. He sees the memory and then just kind of tosses it and crushes it away. But now she's seeing all the memories of not just uh, Hermione and Draco having sex, but also the moments where Draco's telling her stories about his mom. Because you know, uh, Hermione also says, like, tell me something about your mom. Tell me something that you don't tell anybody that you don't feel like you could share. Like, all these sweet moments. And he sees... Draco saying all this stuff about how Voldemort has tortured his mom, how she was like dependent on potions so she can just kind of feign some sort of sense of normalcy when Lucius was ever in town. And Lucius is getting the the accurate portrayal of like what actually has been going, what was going down when he was out of the country and how uh, Narcissa was abused and how they use Draco as a pawn um, and how he moved around. And I mean, Draco even finds out about this whole thing. And he was like, dad, your ego is too big because LOL, you thought you were that special. You mean nothing to me. It was mom the whole time, which is also a huge gut, gut punch to Lucius because he's obsessive over Narcissa and has been distraught over her death as well. Yes, this whole time. And he's never actually known, like you said, the details of what happened. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you're absolutely right on all, all accounts. Uh, there is one week to the Hogwarts anniversary. So that means there are six days until Snape gets there. And Hermione figures out that she needs Phoenix tears to remove Draco's dark mark. Uh, Draco also shows her the stables and says that you came here until February. And that's when the dark mark, the dark lord took your memories. Uh, you're right. Uh, Snape, no, 
Lucius kills Astoria and then Draco, Lucius and Astoria, all her head, all go to Voldemort. And it is there where we learn that Snape has been killed by insurgent vampires in Romania and that that route now is, is away. That is gone. So and Draco is so frustrated. He's like kicking his robes and he's so frustrated at Snape being dead. Like, oh my gosh, it's like, you're so close. And then it's gone. Um, but then, but then Draco's immediately like, all right, plan B, Topsy, you're going to do it. This is the route we're going to take. And this is, this is where I was just like sobbing because Topsy's like, you can't tell me to leave like this. How dare you? Like, I'll never see you. Oh my God. Oh my God. Topsy, I love you. And, and she's also like trying to position herself like, I can't be the one that leaves. Like, what happens to Hermione? Like, I need to be here to take care of her. I've had her back. She has the baby, this, that, the other thing. And Draco's like, bye. Like, no, like you have not just that because he's saying like, look, Ginny needs to come this way. She's you're the only person that she trusts. He just. But at the same time, Topsy raised Draco. So like. That's like she she's very much like and they say she's older than creatures. So like once I had that timeline, I was like, oh, she's like a sweet little grandma, sweet little grandma. And uh, we have Bob and the elf that takes over for Topsy. No wonder. But in fairness, like no wonder Topsy was like, you, you can't leave. Bob didn't, yeah, know Bob shit. didn't know shit, but it's sweet. Bob didn't know shit. Bob didn't know shit. She, 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 yeah, she was like, she's Bobbin was great. Like. She did the best that she could with what she had, which was nothing. But And she felt bad about it but at the same time. Uh, this is one of my favorite moments that we're up to. And it's just a very sweet, sad, sad, sad moment. This is when Hermione hears a sound outside of her door. And she doesn't know what it is. And she's like, what is that? What is that? I'm going to go check. It's Draco. Uh, he ha- didn't mean to apparate there, but he did. And um, he's slurring. He's just falling down. Uh, Voldemort did not show at the celebration because he was so upset about Snape dying. He overextended himself. So that means Draco executed 75 people in a row. So that's 75 killing curses in a row. And, and Hermione starts to worry, like, what happens? What happens when the heart of Isis, like, gives out? Like, there's just, there's just no way. Like, the stuff that he's doing is impossible. And I think it's also important to note that we know the killing curse, you can say it, but if you don't mean it, it's not It's not even going to go off. So the fact that he has so much hurt and anger and rage going on because he knows he's trying to protect Hermione, he hates the situation, like, yeah, I'd probably be going 75 times too. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's being tortured. Like, during this time, Lucius had to crucio Draco while... Voldemort was doing oculency on Draco to like prove loyalty to figure out what's going on. Snape is dead. The regime is crumbling. Are you going to be the next like Dark Lord? Are you trying to take over? So like Draco is being heavily tortured during this time uh, on top of everything else, which is just like wild. All right. Backslide of this. Backslide of this. Uh, Lucius and Hermione strike a deal, right? For, for the Phoenix Tears. With the yeah. with Narcissus portrait in there, uh, talking, talking, love that. Uh, Hermione is begging, begging Draco, begging Draco to run away. Um, he will not, but 
Um, she gets this dark mark off. She makes off. the deal. She gets this dark mark off. Just jump straight to it. Like, she brews that potion. She cuts that fucking arm off. Like, she's a boss. No, she is. And I think, and I love how Lucius was, Lucius was like, wait, I thought you meant you were just removing it. And she's like, you can't fucking do that. The only way to take the dark mark off is to amputate. And the only, re- the thing, and the, the mark essentially seeps into your bones. So this potion with the Phoenix tears helps, um, Basically, you survive the amputation, not just because of the coagulation, because it's actually quite the opposite. Your blood gets really thin, but it stops the this this mark continuing spreading through you. Yep. Yep. And God, she's so good. She's so amazing. She's so well, she's at this. She's like and he's like, oh, you don't have a lot of time. She's like, I'm doing a procedure that takes at least one hour and. 20 minutes. Calm down. Yeah. Calm down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. And she does. She does. Everything is good. Lucius in the bargain agreed to kill himself. That was the deal. He does. He burns down the house with fiend fire, just like um, how Narcissa died so that it would uh, cover the deaths of all of them so that they could um, fake their deaths and get out. Very good. Uh, he says that he's proud of Draco. Very sweet. And then uh, they get on the horses from the stables and they go to a Denmark safe house. And they're there for a little bit, but they're not fully relaxed. They're still kind of like, you know, what's going on? Um, Draco is still using blood magic to help with the wards. Eventually, they port key the fuck out of there. And then we get Ginny. And the first thing that Ginny does is slap Draco. And I wanted to throw hands. I wanted to just like, boom. <laughs> nobody touched Draco. Nobody touched Draco. Nobody, 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 nobody. Um, you know, slaps Draco and she fights with Hermione. She like can't. She's like, what is going on? Uh, she just doesn't understand. Right. She like trauma dumps and everything. Like it, it's just this reunion with Ginny was so stressful because Ginny has been living an idyllic life, more or less, for years while Hermione was tortured, raped and all hell. All hell happening to Hermione and Draco. So to finally have this reunion is just like this ball of pain that neither of them were like really expecting because neither of them actually thought that they would see each other again. Well, and this is, again, why I love Draco is that when Hermione isn't looking out for herself, he's looking out for her because Hermione is tired. She... It, she doesn't also want to be rude. And then she and then, you know, Ginny is asking these questions. She's obviously upset. She is in Hermione. Like she was like, I didn't think that some of these questions would trigger me. And Draco was like, what did you do? Like, let her rest. Like, we've literally been on the we're on the run fugitives. Um, I mean, these are the last two chapters of the books, not including the epilogue. And I t- and I was like, hmm. I don't know about this. I I have been stressed this entire book that there's no way that this is just the happily ever after. And it was very hard not to say anything. But it is. It was very hard not to say anything, like keep you keep you like on the right track so you could get all of your emotions. It was it was fun. It was fun. Uh, Ginny, (laughs) Ginny also says, Hermione, you were right. We should have listened to you. Like, you were right. Everybody just tell Hermione that she's right and not help her. Oh, my God. But but Ginny continues to drama dump. Like, I almost killed James when he came out. I was so stressed. Like, I didn't trust anybody. Shut up, Ginny. Shut up. 
No one cares. This is a Germany fic. Enough. <laughs> Epilogue one. Topsy kicks Draco in the shin. <laughs> I love it so much. Topsy's a real one. Topsy's a real one. See, this is the thing. I'm going to be, I've read Manacled now. And we know when people have those conversations, whether you're at like, Harry Potter bar trivia or like what's your favorite book in the series or like who's your favorite uh, el- like house elf and everybody's saying Dobby I'm gonna be up here saying like oh Topsy's my favorite and everyone's gonna be like Topsy I haven't I don't remember Topsy from the books and I'm gonna be like oh book eight <laughs> that's right because it's canon because it's canon because <laughs> it's canon uh, so we have we have Topsy. We have this beautiful house in an island in Asia. A beautiful house with the the paper um, paper line walls, sliding doors to adjust the height, the width, all of it. And it's so thoughtful because they like I think they say they're off the coast of Japan. There's like a pagoda in the background that James is climbing and all of this stuff. And it's because of Hermione's agoraphobia where they're like, look, we have this really cool option that like you can make this you could like adjust the living spaces. But even Ginny said she's like Draco said that like space is like maybe too much space could be overwhelming. So like, look, everything's sectioned off. Everything's piece by piece. And then if you want to like open, here's just for your awareness, like the doors don't open and close. They just kind of slide back and forth. And it's it's perfect. And she really loves it. And she says it's so thoughtful. So what happens in epilogue one? Uh, there's a lot of prosthetic arms being made. Uh, there's a lot of, Draco, you have to promise to care about our daughter. The way that you are, you have to choose to love her. Because Draco's really adrift. He's like a soldier. He can't put the war down. And Hermione's also really nervous because at this point, they don't know why she keeps losing memories. So just like Draco was kind of preparing Hermione, thinking that he was going to, like, die, she's wanting to prepare him to think, like, you need to be the one there for our daughter if we can't fix this or find out what's wrong with me because you're going to need to love her enough for the both of us. Yep. 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 October, the International Confederation comes and wipes out Voldemort, and that just pisses everybody off, because if they had done it in the beginning, then none of this would have happened. And then the- Well, doesn't Ginny actually kill Voldemort? Yeah, later on. She just, oh, oh, okay. I didn't know she was part of the association. I thought she was just like, I'm here to fuck shit up. Like, I thought she did it. I think I was just like reading it like she did it on her own accord. I think you were very numb by this point. Yeah. Until the last page in epilogue three. Yep, yep. We're almost there. We're almost there. I was. I told you. I was like, I cried you out. I'm all cried out. And then I was like, JK, 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 JK. Our baby, our baby is born. Our baby is born. Draco, she has your eyes. Draco, she has your eyes. Epilogue two. Draco uh, hesitates touching the baby. She, you know, uh, Hermione. The last child I touch, I've killed children. I've killed children, Hermione. Um, but, you know, she reaches out that finger. Draco, uh, what is the line? Possessive and adoring. Draco talked to Aurora more than anyone else, even Hermione. He never stopped monologuing. Like, anybody doubted that Draco was going to be a phenomenal girl dad. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Talking about girl dad, sweet family life, co-sleeping, right? All of this. And... um. You right. Uh, 
Jess, you mentioned again, after uh, their daughter is weaned, they take Hermione to a mind healer that says like, just keep her like no stress. Her mind is damaged, but like, we'll, we'll be very careful and she'll, she'll be all right. There might be some slipping, but she'll, she'll be okay for the most part. So that's good. Just no stress. Like she cannot go back out like into the real world. That would be too much. So good to know, good to know, good to know. Uh, they're all still traumatized. That's uh, shown to us by the James fight that they have. Uh, they all come running in with weapons. They thought it was, you know, a knife. They thought it was Voldemort coming back. Uh, the news is spinning the trials, right? Um, the the denials are happening, pushing everything away, all of that stuff. Ginny can't stand for it. So she goes back in November 2008 uh, to blow up Voldemort and Voldemort is dead by January, 2009. She drags his body out of his castle. Jenny's a bad bitch. Jenny's a bad bitch. Yeah. She's kind of grown into that a little bit more because she's like, I think a lot of it's just coming from like all her stories of like talking about like her family. And she even says that to her son and to Hermione and Draco. She's like, I, I keep preaching about them and I feel like I need to do something more like because she's she's having survivor's guilt, too, because they're all of like three people on this island. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I have to do something like they're going to forget everything. Like someone has to go and stand up for the surrogates. And she does. She does. She does. I love it. She's like, you know what? And we're going to rebuild Hogwarts and I'm going to be the dark uh, defense against the dark arts teacher. Like that's that's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. My note here is Ginny bitching one more time about Draco, about how he signed all of the paperwork and about how he is too intense. I'm sorry, Ginny. Be less jealous. She, yeah, she's like, I can't go um, without saying this. Um, otherwise, it'll sit like with a heavy heart. Like, you're the only one who um, doesn't see that Draco's really bad unless it's to you and Aurora. And she's like, really? Really? Because she, he got you out of here. He has kept you with all of his house elves, like a sustainable life. Like, but you want to say that he's okay. 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 And what? Yeah. And what? And what? And what? And what? And here's the most beautiful, one of my favorite lines. If he's a monster, I'm his creator. Who do you, or like who or what did you think was the source of all of his rage? Say less. Ah, it's so good. Say less. Say less. Uh, so, so what happens? James and Ginny, you know, uh, they go. They go to the Wizarding World. They rebuild it, whatever. Four years later after this, Draco found and killed uh, Healer Stroud in Brazil. We love a man that just, you know, takes all those loose ends and clips them. <laughs> uh, that's all done. They fight about it a little bit. But, you know, she, Hermione's glad that Stroud is dead. Now we are at the end. Ten years later, August 2024. So next year, next year, we're in the future. We're in the future now. We're in the future. We have, we have the daughter. I don't know how to say, is it Aurora? Is it a Rory? Is it Rory? They say Rory as a nickname. I'll say Rory. Rory goes to Britain. Okay. She goes to Britain. She meets James and she meets Ginny, right? Uh, uh, Rory's going to go work mm -hmm. at Gringotts after she uh, went to school in New Zealand. And they're showing her around. James hasn't seen her in a long time. Ginny hasn't seen her in a long time. She looks just like Hermione with Draco's eyes. They bump into fucking 
Angelina here. Angelina. Angelina. And Angelina was like, Hermione. And she gets cut off. She's like, oh, I thought you were somebody else. You look very familiar. And then she sees that it's Ginny. And then she's like, my wheels are kind of turning. And they're like, oh, this is Aurori Black. Because now they're uh, Aurora is choosing the her the Black surname. Um, because... Her parents were honest with her. She knows who her dad is. Um, and Ginny has like, they, they know the truth. They know the truth. And that was, you know, and, and Ginny still wanted to kind of like make it right. You know how she wants, she wants people to know the truth of the history that happened in the second wizarding war. But to an extent, Ginny, uh, both Hermione and Draco are like, we need this peaceful, calm life. Like we're both technically wanted. We're both fugitives. Like, and even if, um, Hermione's name gets her name cleared there's always going to be a negative association with Draco even though I'm the reason he turned into what he did it was all for me uh, and for the and for the greater good you know he but he was the scapegoat of this whole thing and you just you just uh it's so good but then, um, because Ginny came back after everybody thought that she was dead, um, she's like, oh, you know, the Blacks, you know, this family that helped take care of me and kept me in isolation while all that shit was going down. And Angelina's like, the Black, like the fa- the Black family name? Like, like Sirius Black? And, and Rory's really good at, like, playing stupid. She's like, Ginny, do you know what they're talking about? And Ginny's like, oh, look, look at the time. We gotta go. And they go to a bookshop and they... Uh, read about the war in a book. Just tell me about the picture. The picture is the picture that um, Ron, Harry, and Hermione took at Christmas, the Christmas fight, the day of the Christmas fight um, at the Weasleys because they're all in their, like, Christmas sweaters. Um, and because it's the, the... They're not in the Muggle world. They're in the Wizarding world. They're always on a loop and Rory is looking at her mom. She's like, I've never seen, I don't see a lot of pictures of mom from like the war. And she says like her lips are like turned up into a sad smile. And she's always looking into like these history books to see what's said. Um, because James also meets her there. And you know, something's happening with them because she's like, Ooh, he's not skinny anymore. He's like, he's looking good. Um, but despite that, she's just like, I want to see, I keep thinking something else is going to be said about the past and the history and james is like it's not fair that they're just bylines meanwhile like Ginny is like everything that i did is because of your sister every idea every tool every she's like you need to coin your name and she's like i'm not supposed and hermione's like i'm not supposed to exist i don't want i don't want that notoriety i just want to be able to love my husband she was a non-active order what do you want to say it she was a non-active member of the Order of the Phoenix. She did not fight. She fought the hardest and the most and is the reason anything got accomplished. The end. The end. We did it. Just you did it. You did it. Th- I don't know. Like, and I even said, like, you've done this three and a half times. And not once were you, like, desensitized from it. Like... And how do you, and you said, but how do you not be? 
Yeah. How do you not be? How do you not be desensitized? I think in a work like this that is so masterful, that is so long, that hits so many emotions, that a reread is not only wonderful, beautiful, and required, but you will uh, hit something new each time you reread it and it will stick with you. So you will connect all of these things to make this like beautiful portrait um, of something that is kind of hard to tackle your first go. It's a lot. It's a lot of trauma. It's a lot of trigger warnings. It's a lot of pages. And it's a lot to ask someone to step out of their like canon Harry Potter and say, hey, hey, what about this though? Because this is better. If you just, <laughs> if you just give it a chance. better. Yeah. How many, I mean, it's a conversation for another day that we can like talk on our socials, um, when we go live. Um, so I, I mean, this is episodes already running along, so I won't, uh, drag it on more, but I will say, was there, is there one standout moment that's your favorite or do you feel like it's sprinkled like in this one and this one and this one? Like how, cause you've brought them up throughout the episode. You're like, and, but what's something that stands out to you most? Something that stands out to me the most is, Draco, uh, sexy Draco, sexy Draco liquefying the ground with the hummingbirds. When I think of Manacled, that is what I think of. I think of him doing everything possible to get to her in the midst of a battlefield while she's sitting there and she'd never seen him fight and everything is this. That is what I'm seeing, them choosing each other over a battlefield um, over everything else, uh, which is, I think, kind of like the overarching plot of Manacled when you really get down into it, because he looked for her for 16 months and he uh, she didn't save him. She just put them in hell for two years. Oh, and you know that the second it came out of his mouth, he was like, that's not what I meant. Holy sh-. you know, he was like, I was like. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So that, that, what about you, Jess? What about you? First go through? I'm still processing like true form. I read it and we almost started recording immediately after. I think I'm processing. Um, because it's rare to have somebody do the big things and not like, and I don't mean it in a, Oh, some, she's looking for a knight in shining armor. No, because that's not what it is. She was very much capable and he gave her the tools. But it's also really nice to have somebody go to bat for you and you don't feel so alone in fighting those battles with. Absolutely. Especially when the theme is like loneliness on both sides and they found like they found the goodness and light with each other that Harry was like preaching about the whole time when she found it's it's all I could just I need to stop. Because I can go forever. <laughs> so we will move this to our socials uh, so that we can talk about this a little bit more in depth at a later time. But no, I'm done. I'm done now. <laughs> so feel free to follow us on Instagram. We're at Akafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. We so look forward to hearing from y'all. And thank you for being with us for this super long episode and our patience and your patience. Um, we'll talk to y'all soon. Bye. Bye.